Another disappointing race for us. This tough. time it was Vegas. It was another tough race. Mm-hmm. We'll go over our normal betting and daily fantasy preview. This time it's Phoenix, and we are hoping for better results like we say every week. It really can't get worse. It, I think daily fantasy is st- not I mean, bad. Statistically, um, we're due. Yes, but also could not be worse. For Some would say the law of averages. Yeah, it's going to come eventually. Yeah, so uh, well, yeah, well, we got that going for us. Uh, again, if you want to ever see our stuff, we'll post on the official Wheelman Twitter page. That's at the Wheelman Pod. You also can find us, uh, as you guys probably know, on Spotify, on the Apple Podcasts. I got it right this time. Mm-hmm. Wherever your podcasts are at, please rate, uh, subscribe, respond, engage, whatever it is. Get mm-hmm. us going. And other big news we had for this episode was our, our first guest of the year. We have Steve, who was live in Las Vegas for the race, also known as Simulation Steve, mm-hmm. or Simulator Steve. I already messed it up, but yeah, he's a uh, he was there for us. He was an unpaid, uh, an unpaid reporter. Yeah. yeah, so it was good to see him there. Well, let us know how you guys thought he did. But uh, well, let's, let's start right there and let's go right to Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How's it going, guys? Uh, pretty what good up, here. Up? First of all, we have to uh, wish you a belated happy birthday last weekend. It was your uh, big-time birthday weekend out to Vegas. How was it out there? Uh, it was nice, uh, especially if you're uh, if you're into the, the drinking and gambling aspect of Vegas. It was slower than normal, uh, but a lot of stuff wasn't open still. But it was it was nice. It was a good uh, good birthday weekend. Nothing to complain about. So what did you hit up though? Where'd you like? What casinos you go to? Uh, I spent a day downtown. The new uh, new sports bet at Circa's uh, incredible, um, and uh, otherwise we, we hit mostly everything for at least a little bit. Um, our personal favorite is the Link, um, but we hit, we hit a little bit of everything. Gambling and food—that was the big thing. What was your game of choice? Like I, I'm a blackjack player, but I lose a lot, so I mean maybe I'm not a good blackjack player. Uh, our game of choice this weekend was the uh, the horse racing. Oh, mm. oh the, the real horses you're out watching, or are you talking about like, like the virtual crazy ones? Oh, no, the virtual crazy ones. Um, best one being the the old, old school one down at uh, the D that still runs on quarters. So you still got to cash in your money for quarters. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, the newer video ones with the actual horses that run the race around the track as it's running up on the screen, uh, we, we spent more time sitting at those than we probably should have. I mean, that happens to the best of us. So, so Steve, I have a question. I went to Vegas probably two years ago now. I went to the D, and I it, they fooled me because I had no idea that was Detroit-themed. Did they uh, make it actually like a Detroit casino, or are they still selling Vegas Golden Knights uh, shirts in the gift shop? Oh, no, no, no. It's definitely name only. Ah, um, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, the the owner, I think, is from Detroit, so I think that's part of it. I think, to me, the only thing that says uh, that says Detroit to me there is the fact that they have an Andianos, but um, otherwise, no, there isn't a not, – if you didn't know, you wouldn't walk in and go, oh, shit, this is – supposed to be from detroit yeah I, detroit. I felt i felt lied to yeah no it was uh it's name only so th- 
you said that the casinos and stuff are open to like smaller capacities. There wasn't any like David Copperfield or Chris Angel, any like the traditional like acts going on yet. Or was NASCAR the first one to really have like people come back to the like venues? I think the only major show that's going on right now is Caracop, actually. <laughs> that guy's still alive? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're pushing him hard down there. I think he's one of the only major acts still going on, but I know... What's his act? Race. It's the same shit. He, 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 prop comedy, I guess. People uh, in their 50s I, love Caratop. And I know that the dude now looks like he's been on roids for about a decade. Yep. So... I, but yeah, that was it. Otherwise, I know for a fact that the race was the first major event in the state of Nevada in a year. So speaking of the race, how early did your wife let you get to the track? Because I feel like this being your first ever NASCAR race, we should kind of bring that up, that you were itching at the bit to get out there. I was. Um, and, you know, Vegas did a really good job. The track does a really good job of sending you stuff. Um, to make sure you know, hey, here's when the fan experience opens and, and that kind of stuff. We got to the track at um, about a, a little before 11, um, which was, I think, a little later than we had planned. Um, the drive was a little bit longer than we thought it was. Um, and it, uh, our Uber driver dropped us off about a fucking mile from the track. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Needless to say, we weren't too happy about halfway through the walk when we started seeing signs that are saying Uber drivers this way, and we're like, this this asshole dropped us off a mile from the track. Um, but, you know, honestly, I feel like we kind of got ripped off from the whole COVID thing because a lot of the people I talked to pre-race, just that wasn't what a, a normal NASCAR pre-race is. I mean, you had really maybe eight trailers uh merch trailers and that was pretty much it they had a few cars parked out front but um nothing uh nothing over the top with the, the pre-race stuff so yeah i would have liked to have gotten there a touch earlier but there wasn't a ton more to do than what we did unfortunately so were you able to take the garage tour or is that closed because vegas was really cool they made a whole like uh spectator part of it where like all the fans can walk right into the garage they have these really cool like viewing windows where you can like see right in the team's work on the cars was that shut down or were you able to see that when they renovated a couple years ago no that was uh that stinks there was no no track access Mm -hmm. um i'm hoping maybe nascar's talked about wanting to get it going again by early summer but i'm hoping maybe that's something we can look at doing if they do something like that at, at michigan but um no that was probably my biggest disappointment with the whole thing because i've seen um i've seen a lot of the neon garage and and what fans can do their pre-race and um yeah a little disappointing that that wasn't an option this year gives me a reason to, to take the wife back though there you go. So the big thing too with NASCAR races, where we love to go, is because like you're saying, the missing aspect is like the tailgating aspect, where we hang out. You bring like a portable grill. You maybe put out some cornhole boards. Bring like 15 coolers out and just uh, have an extended time on the infield or the grass or something outside. Then once you get a nice little, uh, you're feeling pretty good. Hit the merch haulers up. Then you go to the race. That, that's usually our uh, yeah, that's, our, our that's game standard plan. operating <laughs> procedure for Michigan. Yeah, I was in. in- you know, 
for most of the stuff around here, kind of standard operating procedure if you're going to any sporting event. Uh, but yeah, it was it was tough. I, I had a little higher expectations for the pre-race experience, but I get it. Um, like I said, we're going, we've already got our, our tickets for Michigan, so we're, uh, we'll be out there in, I think it's August. Uh, hopefully it'll be a little more like uh, what, what I was hoping to see in, in Vegas, but it was good to be anywhere, um, doing anything and with people. It, it was it was weird to have a, a real actual sense of normalcy for a little bit. <laughs> well, from personal experience, I am very pissed off that they kept the second Michigan race because there used to be what one in June and one in August. Yeah, right, Zach. Yeah, they kept the August one, and that one I'll tell you right now was hot as balls. Your ass will be stuck to the bleachers four laps into the race, and you might as well just accept it. It's brutal. Well, that was actually the one of the best things was that the you, you couldn't have asked for a better a better day for a race. I mean, it was mid seventies. It's Vegas, so there's no humidity. There was a breeze, and it was overcast most of the day. You didn't even get roasted sitting out there. So, um, <laughs> I, you couldn't couldn't draw up a better day for the race. Now, you actually had a really cool uh, pre-race interaction. Uh, I think it was at the hotel. You were just casually about to go to the track, get some food, you know, hang out. And you uh, came across the old Bubba Wallace 2311 uh, team. And uh, I, people are wondering, did you possibly jinx them? No. Um, that, that team's got their own issues. There's I think you said, though, I, I believe you said that it's a, the lock, mortal lock of the century. They finished top 25. And that's pretty, like, top 25 is not too difficult. And uh, did not happen for the old bubble walls. I, I think the hood was up in the first stage. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't help their power steering issues. But um, I can tell you they all had a real good breakfast, and uh, they all enjoyed their Starbucks and their, uh, their Columbia gear that they were rocking uh, was, was nice as well. I mean, that's something. So, I guess to go to the race here, uh, in general, I guess we're going to have you on here to, as well to kind of go over the race because you are our first uh, on-site reporter for a race kind of thing, or at least, you know, boots in the ground kind of thing. And I don't count ourselves because usually we're not in the best state to recap a race. But uh, I actually thought it was kind of a boring race. Nothing really happened. It's kind of like Homestead, but we didn't have many, like, random things happening busher wasn't in the lead for half the race yeah, i mean like so like take us to like the first 20 laps when all these guys in the front were like going three wide and were side by side yeah just the restarts in general i guess like how cool was that in person because it looked awesome on tv well and, and we had good seats i mean we were coming out of we were right at the end of turn four and i think that was really uh, the the not the norm for your mile and a half tracks was was the length of time that those cars were running two and three wide. I mean, it was either one of the restarts in stage one or stage two where the leaders ran three wide for two or three laps in a row. And I mean, it, it's for me, it was incredible to see just the, the spectacle of, of cars doing 180 miles an hour, you know, six inches from each other. But to see him do it for that amount of time, it, it was it was incredible to see. I, I feel like tracks like Vegas tend to spread out really, really quickly, and uh, that just wasn't the case. It was it was an interesting watch live. I could definitely see, and I think I texted you at one point. Uh, you know, second stage of the race that if I were sitting at home, I would think that race was boring. But uh, in person, it was impressive to see. It was, uh, especially how clean they ran for the vast majority of the race with 
with running in that that state two three wide for as long as they did so yeah most of the race they were running like those restarts on fresh tires the driver especially the good cars didn't have to get out of the gas at all that's why we saw it such a tight up front that after like 15 20 25 laps the tires fell off a little bit but Main thing is, with this 550 uh, horsepower package, do you like it? Because it sounds like in person you're a big fan, where me and Zach say this package stinks like a foot. I think it depends on uh, it depends on the track conditions, I think. Um, I think it being overcast, they, uh, I think the tires probably wore a little less. The track wasn't as hot. Um, and I think, it, if I remember correctly, it was similar in Olmstead. You had a, you know, they they seemed to keep up pretty well. You didn't get that leader in clean air that just pulled away and, and no one could get to him. It was. Uh, one would argue William Byron had a five second lead. You know, that's uh, a five second lead. Uh, and you talk about Homestead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that one that did open up at the end though couple of green flag pits that'll do that i mean that happened in vegas too but uh, it wasn't until they got through green flag pits that 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 field really started to open up so i guess we'll just look right into stage one here the one thing that really uh me and zach missed on and i feel like a lot of people did in general whether it's a uh, betting or if you saw a lot of the daily fantasy uh percentage owned was kevin harvick was awful he stunk he, he was he he started first and I think it was within like 10 15 laps he already dropped to like eighth place and at that point you're like this is not gonna be good he led one lap or no I didn't lead a lap at I all don't, I don't think he led no. the first lap no. I think it, Byron was in the lead <laughs> yeah I think that's the second race in a row for Vegas that Harvick has started on the pole and not led a single lap which is like an insane thing to think about uh but really it was like a Hendrick show early as we saw Byron chase and Larson looked really good, and then Bowman was still kind of chilling in the top 10. And then Harvick was dropping, but the other big mover early was Ryan Blaney, who started, I think, like 26th or 28th. He was in the yeah, back. Yeah, he was absolutely there. cruising. So, I mean, as a Blaney fan, I was very happy to see that. He was fast. That was, uh, that was a fast car they were running. Um, all of Stuart Haas was bad on, on Sunday. All of them. Um, I think um, Harvick was your top finisher at Stuart Haas at, like, 20th or 18th or yeah, he finished 20th. We actually have that for some of our notes here. I think mm-hmm. that all of them finishing, you said, outside the top 20. Elmarola has another problem, like we can get to in a second here, but it was not a good day for Stuart Haas. Uh, stage one again was pretty boring. Uh, restarts, like we kind of mentioned, were wild all day. And then I think Chase on one of the pit stops actually had a, like, a jack issue. I don't know what it was, but you can see like the right side of his car where the jack goes kind of looked like the metal was folded up. I don't know. I remember texting you because you probably had a decent visual from being in front of Pit Road area. Well, you had but, the scanner as well. So yeah. were you listening in on uh, the Nines uh, radio when that happened? I, uh, actually, shortly after, yeah. the, uh, the they, On the right side, the jack guy missed the jack point. He, uh, I think he was a touch in front of it. So when they jacked the car up, it just pushed all that metal straight up the side. They they didn't seem to think it affected the running of the car too much, but um, it was probably yeah, tough it, to run that like high line with your right side all jacked up. Well, and the other issue he had was on uh, I think it may have been the same pit stop or it was the following pit stop. He pulled too far up in the box and then had to no that oh, yeah. the, the, that was the same one. What happened was uh, Alfredo was the stall in front of him. 
And Alfredo had a really weird angle where, like, he didn't pull through straight, so, like, his back end was still, like, hanging out. So Chase had to back up to avoid hitting him. That's why he had to reverse uh, reverse back yep. a little bit. But, yeah, that was the same exact stop. He, I think, he, think he lost, like, five or six uh, spots on it. But then in stage one, he still was battling with Kozlowski for the lead, but Kozlowski winning stage one. But it looked like Elliott was still going to be one of those contenders, even with that minor damage. And uh, outside of that, it was like Hamlin he made some nice runs. We had Byron still up there. Blaney was contender all day long. But uh, like I said, really nothing was that eventful early on, except for like these pit road or like just random things happening. And again, just good. I mean, and again, I, I use the term good loosely. Good if you're an owner or a driver, but um, good, clean racing. I mean, the, it was just, there, there was, you're right, there wasn't a ton going on. It was... Uh, Classic mile open, and a half. Yeah, open <laughs> throttles, and, and they were gone. It was, it, was so, it was a bit boring. So, Steve, I don't know if you watched NASCAR uh, or when you really started to pick up into it, but me and Zach, this is a question for uh, us or an, an all-play here. What would you rather have, this mile-and-a-half package where people can't pass each other and it's boring, or Martin Truex Jr. winning the race by 12 seconds? Mm. Oh, um, that doesn't sound like because there was a there was a, a phase in NASCAR where Truex won like eight of the ten mile and a halfs in a year, and he'd win by half the track. I guess it depends on what Truex's odds would have been, or if, yeah, if we bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, stage two was relatively boring again. The one interesting thing was we kind of touched on was tire fall off was not very significant. It took like twenty twenty five laps for it to really uh, make a change. And we actually saw a mixed bag of drivers electing to pit and those pitting. Uh, like Blaney, Hamlin, Byron, Davidetto, Logano, Truex all stayed out. But Blaney was the only one that really like held up very, very well on old tires, which I think came back to bite him later in the race where he tried the same strategy, where I think he was better off taking the four fresh tires with the leaders. And instead he tried to keep the track position. But I don't know, it's one of those like, full circle things because last year, if you remember the spring race, he lost this race. While in the lead, and the last caution, he opted to take the tires, and then Logano won. So, I think there's a lot of things in play for Blaney there. I think it ended up costing him, though. But that's why Blaney never wins. That's why I lose money on him. He never wins. No. Uh, I think, too, it was tough to, to make that call late in the race to stay out on tires. I mean, it's not like that race has been full of cautions. And no. You knew, hey, in the next 10 laps, the odds are we're going to we're gonna get a yellow here, and, and I'm going to get a, a, a free chance to come down and get tires. I mean, there hadn't been cautions all race. It just seemed like if they're, the time to go is when the leaders go and don't put yourself behind the eight ball, at least give yourself a chance to be there. Yeah, so Larson up winning stage two, and they pulled up a very interesting stat that said that the winner of stage two at Las Vegas has won now five of the last seven races. And it's, I think it's an interesting stat. I think the only guy who didn't win was probably Elliott because I feel like he won all those stages and didn't win the race, but... Interesting stat that you, it shows that guys who are quick late are able to hold on to that lead, especially at uh, at Vegas. And in the stage three, uh, we have BK and Blaney both running top five, both lost three to five spots in pit road. And this is where we finally saw Gibbs start to get going. And uh, the biggest moment, too, was probably Chase, who was kind of falling back a little bit, but he spun out out of nowhere. That was the first like real caution that you're kind of talking about, how it's pretty dry. And then we have Chase spin out of nowhere. He clipped Kurt a little bit. It kind of ruined both their days. But it was definitely a, a weird thing to see someone of a Chase talent just dump himself. And, you know, I, it was tough to see from where we were originally. And I, I did go back and watch the race when 
we got home just because I was curious to, to see some of the stuff I didn't pick up on while we were there. Uh, but it looks like he just got into got into someone's uh, almost like Top Gun, just got into someone's uh, tail draft and just turned him. But that was uh, that was the biggest action we had all day from yeah. that standpoint. Yeah, little the other smoke, little turn, that was it. The other action would probably be the really only wall contact we saw was uh, Eric Amarola, who I now hate with a passion. Because I continually put this guy in lineups because he starts 30th every week, and then he is a reason he starts 30th. He crashes every week, and I hate him. And he was in a good-looking car, too. Was, I'm, I'm to sick see. of this guy, dude. And his big teeth, and his he's happy-go-lucky. Bla- I'm fucking sick of this guy. <laughs> Just every week costs me money for no reason at all. What I do to this guy? Well, th- this one was really bad, too, because he, he knew he had a tire go down and then just, like, couldn't get down to pit road and then still went, like, 75% throttle into turn one and then blew his tire. So, yeah, I guess the only thing that was really noteworthy of this, uh, this final stage was we had Alex Bowman have a flat tire with, like, 10 laps to go, which also sucks because some of us bet on the guy. Yep. So, I mean, just an, an, another one just getting just taken to the face over here. It was really tough for us, but it really nothing changed all day. We had the, the five and the two up front. Uh, they ended up finishing one, two. I think Larson actually had, like, a four-second lead the yeah, whole time. Yeah, he, he was kind of gone at the end. And then, the, as I said, Gibbs kind of came alive, but your final top ten was – Larson, Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, Hamlin, Blaney, Truex, Bell, Byron, Logano, and a huge one for Zach. First top 10, the 43, Eric Jones. Look out. Look out. He's figuring out the car. Uh, I have mediocre expectations for the, th- the for the 43 going forward. <laughs> it was a solid race for you, though. It was, it was, uh, it was good. And they just released a, uh, a shirt for his Tide car. Pfft, fire. I don't know when I'm going to get it. They didn't really say it was just pre-order, so I might not get it until 2023. Uh, right. But it's a good-looking shirt. So, Steve, what were your final impressions of just the race in general? I actually, like, you can actually, like, that high-octane rubber smell. There's nothing like that, like, exhaust fumes you get to NASCAR race. That was actually one of the things that I, I found really cool was because they, you know, obviously they don't do anything before the race, they, they get those couple – you know, caution laps in before the green flag. You get six, seven laps into that race, and you can really start to smell that rubber being laid down on the track. And it's it's a totally different experience seeing it in person. Uh, and as someone that has not been a fan of NASCAR for long, um, you know, I'm coming up on about a year ish, um, right about when they restarted last year after uh, after the quarantine was uh, when I started actually watching NASCAR. So. Yeah, that's good. That's a good anniversary. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you, for my entire life, I thought NASCAR was stupid. That's not uh, nice, dude. That, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm going to be honest with you, but it's it's one of those things. I, I think it's a lot like golf. If you understand the game, and you know, a lot of people think golf is stupid. If you understand it, that's part of my issue. I didn't have any appreciation for what they do, and seeing it in person gives you even a, a greater appreciation for for what they do on on sundays um it was definitely an experience i understand why uh why it's uh it is followed by so many people so glad i picked it up so steve you said you're new to nascar and you probably weren't very familiar with some of the tracks and like the the differences between each track i want to know how many hours did you spend on your simulator prepping for this race Oh, Vegas has been my uh, my favorite track since your brother got me to to pick up the NASCAR video game. So this was. Uh, are you are you just saying that because you went there, or are you, are you just trying to? What what's going no, on here? You, you can 
fact check this. Um, the uh, that's for whatever reason, out of the mile and a half, Vegas has always been my favorite, and so it was just uh, it was kind of funny last year when they re- at the end of the season when they released the schedule. I mentioned to my wife, I said, "Hey, honey, uh, there is a race in Vegas on my birthday." I'm just saying. Uh, you plant the seed early. I like it. <laughs> I, hey, and, you know, I, I got lucky from the standpoint. My wife's been working from home for a year, and, you know, she was ready to be, again, anywhere with people. And Bless her soul. Said, yeah, absolutely. And she was a trooper. I think she enjoyed it uh, more than, than she thought she would. She was the same as us, though. She got kind of bored in stage two. But, um, you know, he got towards the end of the race. She, uh, I think she enjoyed it more than she thought she would. Are you kind of pissed off at yourself at all that you could have, like, brought your notes like, for your own custom simulator setups to the race and then maybe shared them with the 23 team? They could have used it. Uh, they, you know, I, I could I definitely, uh, you know, I would have told them check the power steering. But, uh, you know, I think that's going to be one of those things that's uh, going to be an issue through the whole sport until they bring in some sort of practice back. What, power uh, steering? Well, just those early race issues um yeah it's it's tough when you don't get a chance to take your car out on the track before you start a race and i think bubba's had some bad luck this year i don't think he's a terrible driver i just think he's had some shitty luck that's fair now speaking of like the toyota camp are you pissed at all that like your son theo is a kyle bush fan because i feel like that has to really grind your gears it does. It, it pisses me off to no end. And I, I blame your brother for that, and I blame the fact that the man drives candy cars. Um, That's true. That is, yeah, they Theo do. Is, is a young kid, so, I mean, he, he, he'll attach himself to the, I never, yeah. the, the, the things you can eat. I never really thought of the target audience that the 18 had, especially by his uh, his attitude and antics. <laughs> and actually, that was that was one of the coolest things we, uh, we picked up for him is Kristen – took me into the M&M store um, on the strip and on the top floor of the M&M store they have kind of like a NASCAR experience they have one what? Of Kyle, they, oh yeah they got one of Kyle Busch's old cars um, like full full size old I think it was a Gen 5 is that Gen 6 is right now yeah is no Gen 6 yeah, is so, regardless I, I was unaware yeah. of this when I went to Vegas that they had like a NASCAR M&M thing I had no idea oh yeah so Damn it. Check that out. Um, and then you can make your own customizable M&Ms. So my wife found on the kiosk, and I stress my wife because I never even would have thought to look for this, Kyle Bush M&Ms. So Whoa. he got a package of M&Ms that have Kyle Bush's face, Kyle Bush's signature, the number 18, and Theo's name imprinted right on the M&Ms coolest fucking thing i've ever seen so you're trying to say this is gonna make up for you not taking him to the race because i feel like he's pretty bummed out when he uh if, if did you ever tell him he went to the race oh yeah okay. um he he figured out very i think very shortly before we left that we were gonna go to the race um and he was bummed um i think he he got it he but he he was a little pissed to start I'm not gonna lie uh, but he, he liked the videos we sent, and he uh, sure wasn't too angry after he got all the shit we brought back for him. So um, he's excited for Michigan, though. Speaking of videos, um, were you aware that every single picture you sent was a live photo? Yeah. Oh, so it was more for the experience, like just to kind of 
to get a little like but, capture the moment. Oh yeah, and that, you should, I I got to send you the one that uh, Kristen took of the flyover where the jets are perfectly over the the uh, track, and with the live photo, you can actually see them. Yeah, the live photos are cool. Like, oh, see, so there there is a method behind okay, the madness. Okay, because I was very confused when I'm like, yeah, just take a picture, and then you'd send me like eight live photos, and I'm like, see, what are you doing with these? <laughs> it's like I was gonna still photo so I can easily post it. You can't post a live photo. I don't know. I just, I just take a screenshot. I think it's easier. I know. I'm, nah, I might be the idiot. I actually could be the idiot. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe you're the boomer. <laughs> Maybe I'm the boomer. <laughs> I say that that's probably a parent thing because you know kids don't ever sit still for anything. So if you uh, get the live photo, you can pick. Yeah, well, you're you're feeding the kid M and M's all day long. What do you think's gonna happen, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that. That was definitely the thing he was most excited for was the the Kyle Busch M and M's, something I never thought I'd see in my entire life. So wait, what else did you get from the merch hall? You said you got the custom M and M's from the M and M, like the store. What did you get the actual haulers at the track? Because like those are one of our favorite things to go to every time we go to the race. We make sure at a point where before we enter the track, we'll hit up the haulers first, get some merch, get some cool shit, and then rep our new gear. So, I'll be honest, I didn't actually buy anything for myself. Um, I got... Uh, got calls Theo, calls uh, himself a fan. <laughs> <laughs> we got Theo uh, a Kyle Busch M&M's uh, hat. Um, we picked him up a couple of die casts, uh, a Kevin Harvick Bush light, and um, a Chase Elliott Hooters Spirits car, which I Ooh. had never seen before. Um, but that adds to, to his collection now nearing 100 diecast. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. He's got yeah. some cool ones. I know he's a big uh, it's a big Kyle Busch fan, big Chase fan, but he yeah. I, lo- I love all like the like we do a thing every week where you know we go over the best schemes and the worst schemes. So I and a lot of the cars that we talk about best schemes like he actually has like the diecast stuff which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, so he listens to the pot. We'll, we'll claim that he does. Nice. Yeah, I have to uh, I have to censor it for him, but uh, it's uh, every once in a while. <laughs> He's, uh, he's big into the betting info at the end of the pot. What, the losing money or just making fun of us how we're wrong all the time? It gives him a good gauge of where not to go. Because we stink. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sick of it. We're so bad. It, it's not even funny anymore. Like I go into the race just being like, I don't even care at this point. Just just make me lose my three to four units and I'm over it. Like I don't, I don't have to see what happens. I hate it. Well... And it's, it hasn't been uh, hasn't been easy the first four weeks. It's not uh, hasn't been anything near what people have expected, especially from a betting standpoint. It's so, tough. so we always do the segments together. We'll go through some quick ones since you're here, just to see what your personal takes and some of these things were. Give us like a a guy you watch at the track that was an overachiever. Give us an underachiever. Give us like your favorite scheme, worst scheme, things like that. Just like well, I guess just first give us like your overachiever. So overachiever, um, I think, was DiBenedetto. Um, he still had a good finish, even though they couldn't get his uh, left front off in the last pit stop. So he ran the entire last leg of the third uh, third stage with a dead front left tire. Um, underachiever has to be Harvick. Yeah. Um, the man started on the pole and didn't do anything all day. So I think DiBenedetto actually finished 16th and uh... – he pissed me off, though, because, again, I bet heavily against him with uh, another league member, but at the same time, I had him in all my lineups, and every time I see him drop like a sack of potatoes, it was not kind to the scoring. 
Well, he had a fast car. That was the frustrating part. The first couple stages, he was running up in or near the top ten. And he was then, top three uh, at one point. Yeah, and then just that that last pit stop in stage three killed him. If you're only going to run on three new tires, it's not going to do much for you. Do you have any schemes that you remember off the top of your head? Are you into the schemes? That's just a weird thing that me and Zach are obsessed with. Oh, no, 100% into the schemes. Um, I actually thought uh, Bubba's Columbia scheme was pretty slick. Uh, I only remember seeing it with its hood up, so I don't remember what it looks like. Yeah, it, it, it was the one behind everybody else. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think um, I, Logano's all-yellow scheme that he traditionally runs at, at Vegas yep. is, mm-hmm. is always nice. Um, otherwise, there wasn't a ton in the way of you know special schemes. I don't know if you saw. You couldn't really see it on the track. Um, but Corey LaJoy's scheme that he ran with his face on the hood um, – was, was a pretty cool-looking scheme. It just didn't translate to watching it. Yeah, his, his uh, scheme reminded me of, like, a, like a, a comic book kind of mm-hmm. thing. It almost looked uh, like that kind of, like, a, like, you know, like, design to it. Like, the the, the seven on the side looked like, like the pow symbol. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. No, it was it was, it was cool-looking. It just wish you'd have been able to see the hood a little bit better because that was, that was kind of a, a cool scheme. But uh, I, I definitely liked the, the Logano and even Blaney's uh, white and gray. Um, was was nice looking on the track with those uh, Daglo yellow wheels. So I didn't really like the uh, Blaney scheme for the fact that he's used that Pennzoil scheme for like four years in a row and hasn't changed it. That's where I get upset. Same with Harvick of like he uses Mobile One scheme now for like two or three years, hasn't changed it. It isn't really that good to begin with. So like that's where I get frustrated. Like we just get pissed off at Hamlin last year because he used the same FedEx scheme over and over and over again. And uh, I guess we like the guys like Harvick last year or uh, even like Bubba has multiple sponsors, that kind of thing, how guys can just like, even Keselowski, they can roll through like four or five different primary paint schemes as opposed as someone like Hamlin just rolling through the same car for 34 races a year. Yeah, he'll have some new ones this year. That'll be nice. I mean, we've already seen a couple new ones from him. Still FedEx, but at least something different from just the standard white and the only difference is ground or express or we actually did we did have stats last year for like ground express like wins so <laughs> we should we, we should do need to track that again for this year especially since we're going to have a full 36 races for the pod do you uh do you recall where that finished last year i, I oh, want to say it was express had the most wins makes sense i don't remember I I I, I yeah, that was, say, that was your jurisdiction. Yeah, we have I, we have I it written down somewhere. Yeah, it's in my notes somewhere. I want to say it was Express. Um, it was close though. It was really close. I think it was only like one more win than uh, Ground. I think it was Express, Ground, and Freight. Yeah, I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. I guess really only thing we look at is I think we're probably in unison here for the. You probably agree with us that the best car is going to be uh, Kyle Larson. He looked like the best all day long, looked the quickest all day long, short run, long run, whatever you want to call it. He was out there all day. Uh, I mean, outside of that, is there any bets that you made, good or bad? Are you as bad as us? Did you win anything, or are you looking forward to uh, the next race like us? I will say the only bet I won um, was an odd prop bet of over 20 and a half lead changes. Um if you've never used William Hill to sports bet NASCAR, I've heard good things some, about William Hill. They have some extremely interesting props. Um, I mean, they'll have your, you know, all your standard 
you know, top three, top five, top tens. But their prop bets are, are, are interesting. They had one for the average speed of the race, which I hmm. don't even know where you would verify win or loss on that. Um, they had one for number of cautions. Well, I think that would just be um, when the green flag is waved to when the checkered flag is waved. I, I wouldn't even know where to go to verify that. Well, it's probably an over-under, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like 135 point something, but I don't know. I, well, I don't actually, know all you have to do is watch the Fox broadcast, and it'll show you every fucking 10 laps instead of, like, the actual lap times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we brought we pitched about this two weeks ago, but I'm so sick of them. They did it again when Suarez stayed out and it was, like, leading laps, and Larson's on fresh tires, and they put, like, Last lap speed, 149. Larson, 158. It's like, okay, I know he's faster, but you don't show us speeds outside of that. I don't know what the hell that means. Why don't you show us, and they show in the ticker or the tracker, it'll say, like, uh, at this exact moment, this guy's going 10 miles per hour slower. Yeah, no shit, he's in the turn. The other guy's in the backstretch. Why can't you just show us intervals 24-7? We all, we all know what a tenth is, two tenths is, a second. We all can actually gauge that on track, not these stupid-ass mile-per-hour things. I'm sick of it. It does make way more sense to show the, the actual times than the speeds. I think. absolutely hate it, yeah. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, outside of that, again, Steve, let's, let's close up with you. Any other things you want to bring up here while, while you're on uh, or over the weekend? Anything that was really cool that came out or, like, you just oh, – uh, I, oh, do, oh. I do have one question. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big uh, concessions guy uh, wherever I go, like whatever sporting event I go to. What um so I just have a couple concessions questions. What uh what brand of pizza did they sell at the track? You know that would be a great question to ask when the concessions are actually open. Dan, did uh, we even oh. open? I mean, they were open, but they were. I mean, we were up on. We ended up going to kind of the the mid level concourse, the upper concourse, and I think there was legitimately one concession stand open on that mid level concourse. So mm, you yeah. knew going to get beer you had a 15 to 20 minute wait in line and it was all your standard bullshit your nachos uh, your hot dog now they did have some food truck style stuff out um outside the actual track okay um and that that all smelled really good um lots of barbecue stuff um we unfortunately weren't willing to make the trek down 600 flights of stairs to go check that out during the race because we were uh, probably should we have been a pre-race planning on your. But you know, you had the pre-race meal with the 23 team, so you, you made out still. No, we were good. Um, but no, that's again that that goes back to that not really getting that same experience with stuff not being open and and whatever. But um, the beer was cold, and that was the important part. And mm-hmm. uh, the cars were fast, so. That was, I, I was, I was, I was happy with the experience for what it was, and it was just good to be anywhere. It's funny you mentioned that the concourse was all closed in the upper deck area. Reminds me of going to Comerica Park during a non-COVID season and watching the Tigers, and they realized no one's there, so they'll just uh, close off every other concession for it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I joked with with Kristen. We were sitting in our seats, and I said I thought it'd be kind of weird to to be in a, a an 80,000 seat track with 15,000 people but it was just like being at a fucking Tigers game. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm yeah. Used to that. Next thing you know it's BYOP, you got to bring your own pizza to the track. There's no Hunt Brothers there. Was there at least a Bojangles even if it was closed cuz Bojangles is a great place to eat at NASCAR races. 
you know that that's one of those things that I I kind of do wish we had gotten in a little bit earlier so we could have walked a little more maybe the lower concourse where the, I'm sure there's more shit than there is on the upper but it seemed like they had stuff pretty locked down I mean even walking underneath the bleachers heading to to our stairwell to get up um, there was nothing open down there either so um, they didn't even have their their actual souvenir shops and, and shit open I mean it was like one spot every you know quarter of the track that you could get beer and that was pretty much it I guess my last question would be why didn't you bring beer to the race so they not allow it because most places it's kind of like a, a wink wink just like bringing a 12 pack and put it in a cooler like a soft shell cooler and walk in they were they were very adamant no outside drinks but i will tell you something that was interesting and maybe it's an out west thing i don't know um no metal detectors you know i noticed that so i went to i went to vegas for a music festival but it was at the track so it was it was kind of weird like being eight beers deep walking across the start finish line um but but yeah like it was very odd that there was no metal detectors for at any part of the track getting in, especially for security. Nope. nope, none. And and I joked with Kristen. I was like, "Damn, is that like a? I, I wonder. If, do they do metal detectors in Michigan? Yes. Okay. And I told her I was I was interested to see if they if that's uh you know hey it's a NASCAR thing or if that's just a Vegas thing. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised by that. Well, there you go. Man, that's kind of. Interesting point there. I didn't notice that at any place. Every, every place you go to, you have to walk through the thing. You put your keys in your wallet and stuff out, and you walk through, but... Yeah, well, I mean, maybe maybe the NRA is a sponsor of the Vegas race. Ooh, I'll tell you, they didn't even really check our shit out. I mean, we probably could have thrown beers in our... That's, that's where I was saying it. It's the, that's a wink-wink. They'll put, like, do not bring outside drinks and stuff. You can just, uh... It's like, do, don't walk in with a case in your hand. You have to, like, get a soft-shell cooler... Put a couple in, and then they and put like a water bottle on top of it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, looks good." Yeah, they uh, the only bag we had walking in was the the bag from our merch stuff, and they give you all clear bags when you you get your merch stuff. They didn't even really look through it; they just said, "Okay, go ahead." All right, well, Steve, we will thank you for your uh, your service out there in Vegas. There, uh, being our on-site reporter, our first ever one. I know we'll probably meet up for the Michigan race. Maybe we'll hit up another local, like the Indy race or something. But uh, we thank you for it out there. I hope it was an enjoyable birthday weekend, an enjoyable first NASCAR race experience. And I know we're going to be hearing from you later on this year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think now that Kristen's had a good experience at once, she may be Maybe able to sell no, I, I don't. I don't think it matters what Kristen thinks because Theo wants to go, which means that your wife's going to go to then. That's that's a fair point. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Theo. Theo's got your back. It'll be like a Reagan Smith, Jamie Little, and then uh, Theo will be like Parker Klingerman on the out, <laughs> on the outside wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Right, Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. All right, that was great talking to Steve. It's always uh, it's good to have somebody uh, like boots on the ground, you know, get mm-hmm. the, get that that atmosphere, the immersion of being at a NASCAR track when you can't be there. Yeah, especially because we missed it for what now? It's been a year and a half since we've been able to go to a track ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's always good having someone there. I think like he said, it was the first time that fans have been in uh, Vegas for a while. So I think everyone's kind of hopefully getting back to the normal groove here. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, our Michigan races got cut uh, in half, so we're not missing much anyway. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true. Speaking back to the groove, let's go jump right into segments here. Zach, why don't you start us off with our move of the day? So my move of the day was uh, Josh Balicki. Classic. Uh, he started thirty fifth and he finished thirty fifth. Uh, and there's more to this story with Josh Balicki. Let's hear it. The sponsor of his car, uh, which was Dollar Loan, I believe. Um, the CEO or the owner or whatever, some sort of stakeholder. Or yes. Yes. He had money in the company. He put down 10 grand on Josh Blicky to win the race outright. Oh, I did see that actually. And that would have paid $10 million. And they said this on the broadcast. Mike Joy said this, the CEO or whatever said that that would have paid off all of the debts that he owes to everybody. Hmm. I so feel like... he kind of just like snitched on himself. Well, I mean, I think it's natural for companies to have credits and debits, but I also think it's interesting that, it, to me, it just reeks of desperation. It's like throwing a Hail Mary parlay when you know, like, ah, shit, I'm, I'm down, whatever. Like, let me just put together these eight teams, randomly, hopefully it hits for this insane payout. That's what it kind of looks to me. Or he's like, hey, what if I pick Josh to win this race? $10 million? Ah, sure. Throw it on him. That, that sounds like uh, just some underlying issues there. 1-800-GAMBLER. But, yes. <laughs> definitely yes uh but why would you not just save that money and pay off your debts with the 10 grand or just put it on somebody who actually yeah. has a chance to win obviously why don't you just go to the casino and throw on like on red or black really you have a much you have 48 percent chance of where it is you must better odds than bang on Josh <laughs> like it, <laughs> it's not like it's a uh daytona where it's like hey, maybe like if something falls his way somehow like how haley kind of snuck into one and Th- stuff. that's what i was about to say he, yeah. he was hoping for a justin haley moment on a track where it never rains yeah, that was not good. Uh, any more moves a day? Or you're just kind of sitting there with Blicky. Yeah, that's all I got. I do like that, and I have two kind of like uh, I'm gonna call them moves a day. I'm calling them saves of the day. Mm. I thought Chase when he spun out and uh, he did clip Kurt, but it was a like minimal damage. But just if you're watching, he was still going like 60 miles per hour to full like 360, then kept the car going straight. Mm. So anytime I saw that again, it's it's always impressive seeing people. Uh, you know, just the hands, you see the gloves moving the car. It reminded me of the uh, Victoria Road course. We got shoved in the grass and was able to yeah. save it. Uh, yeah. My other one was uh, Eric Jones had a big save, too. Yeah, the guy's a wheelman. And he was able to uh, keep the cutting. It may have clipped the wall in the right corner a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. He just kissed it. But my favorite part was he goes, I hope they got that on TV <laughs> uh, over like over the team radio. So they did, Eric. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great run for you. I'm glad you saved it or you wouldn't have gotten a top ten. Yep, the scouts were watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, why'd you stay out? Next category, next segment. I have, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit in the with the interview with Steve, but I have Ryan Blaney staying out the second time. So he stayed out, uh, didn't take tires with the leaders the first time, and he ran pretty well, like top three, top four, like looked pretty quick in the long run too. Then he did it again in the second run, uh, second time they had an option to do it, and he ended up finishing fifth. But I think this was a time where we kind of mentioned that he – took tires at Vegas in the spring last year, ended up costing him the win. And then it worked out for him in the first time here where the tires were like held on better than they thought. So I think he fell into that trap when his best chance should have been to take tires of the leaders. And he, I don't know if he would have had someone for Larson or Keselowski would have been close, but I think he definitely would have been a third place car. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Blaney looks so good this week. Oh my God. I it like, and especially somebody who's fallen in the Blaney trap since the beginning of the year 
Uh, it was finally like, holy fuck. Sorry finally. about that. It's, it's, I think it's just sitting here listening to me bring up the statistics of why I always pick this guy. And then you, now you're knowing why I sit there. I'm well, like, it, yeah. it's, been, it's been more than that. It's yeah. been for years where you take Blaney constantly. And like, he's got to be good if he keeps taking him. Yeah. Did you have anybody before I just stay out? So, I mean, like, kind of. I, I, I did a, like, kind of a why didn't you stay out. And that was Bowman when he almost got taken out by Anthony Alfredo. I believe he had a cut tire, though. Yeah, he, he was bringing it down. That's the one that cost us money. That's when it was, like, 12 to go or something. He, yeah. was, he was bringing it down. He did have a flat, and I think he just maybe, like, realized it late and, like, just tried to, hey, let me just cut over. It's like playing NASCAR video games, and the AIs don't know that, like, you're slowing down. Mm-hmm. So you try to make the hard left, and you go, what the hell was that? Guys flew by me. So I think it's one of those situations. Yeah, I'm just kind of salty because fuck this in our lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, just park it. I had Kevin Harvick because mm-hmm. we again talked to Steve about it. he was absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not lead a single lap from starting the pole at a nope. track that he we mentioned led eighty laps from more than three straight spring races. Fuck us, right? He also uh, finished twentieth, I believe it was. He had a flat go, uh, flat tire at one point, but I don't think it really affected his car that much. I also he put- got into he got into Jones pretty good. Yeah, it was. I think it was a tire rub though. It wasn't anything crazy. Like, he, he had like like fender or like damage around the wheel, but I mean, it, it didn't matter. Like at yeah. that point, he wasn't good. And then the other one I had for like a, the holy crap that was not good was Chase Elliott. It was so he had the damage on the jack, which we touched on, and then once he uh, spun out, hit Kurt. At that point, you're like, dude, this guy now is like hole in his grill. He's got his his like right side's got like a weird flare out now. Like he he might as well at this point just take your 18th and go home or something. Like that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also kind of had Harvick for why did you stay out? Just because like what like like what are you doing? Also could translate to just park it. Um, I had Bubba for just park it. Yeah, because... when he came down, got lapped down for like the. Well, you did, you did like a power steering issue. Like that's a legitimate reason to park it. Yeah, like you can't turn the car. Kind of important. Oh, random side note, just park it. We always joke about, like, guys that should just, you know, like, the good drivers that have an issue, like, they just want to go home. Uh, this is where it's going to date myself on it, or ourselves, or NASCAR in general. I was watching a NASCAR radioactive, like, best of on YouTube this week, and it was Greg Biffle. But it was, like, he was still relevant, Greg Biffle. I think it was, mm-hmm. like, 2010 or something like that. And he literally goes, he lost, like, he's run 30th. And he just goes, do you know what? Uh, is there a reason I'm still on the track? Can I go home? And they're like, no, please stay in the tracks. I want to go. I want to put this in the truck. I'm done with this car. <laughs> and they're like, no, Greg, I, we want you to stay out there. And he's just like, I'm wasting my life right now, riding I, back I, here. I respect that. And that least sums up this whole category. That's why this category <laughs> was created. Uh, I also had Bowman, like he touched on when he uh, missed pit road. And then the last one I had was like Stuart Haas as a whole. But I have more stats on them for uh, underachievers as a spoiler. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Uh, let's go to our favorite categories. Mm-hmm. Did Kyle Busch win? Nope. Mm. He actually didn't look bad, though. He, he did. Didn't, he didn't look bad. He had definitely had a great long-run car there. Uh, I think he finished third. Mm-hmm. And his car had a cool paint scheme. Oh, let's see. We'll, we'll touch that later, actually. Yep. That's, that's another foreshadowing. Yep. Uh, did Quinn Huff crash? No. And I almost put him in move of the day, but I don't think Quinn Huff deserves two mentions per podcast. I that's think he's fair. Good, I think he's good at one. That's fair. Um, that's more than most actually get, uh, but he finished higher than he started. Ooh, that's always good. That's plus points. For and he was running DFS lineups. He was running. So did Denny Hamlin check out either mentally or from the field? No, I don't think he did. His car just kind of faded at the end. 
I actually play it. No, ran a really nice race. Mm-hmm. I think he finished. I think he ended up fourth, fifth, fifth or sixth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, he was. I mean, region. he was running third until the last what 30, 20 laps, maybe. I mean, th- this is by far Denny's best race of the that, year. That was a clean race. There was no uh, like you know speeding penalties or hitting the wall or hitting someone else or like bitching on the uh, radio. I think it was a nice clean race for him. Nice solid finish. He's been really consistent this year. I believe he's first in points by a pretty wide margin. We'll probably start bringing points in, I don't know, maybe a, a week or two. Maybe we'll get like five, six, seven races in our belt. So right now it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, it's kind of like the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, you, you don't need them to like, you know, the season kind of – you start to see trends of like, oh, these are the really guys standing out. Like when you have a top ten, like eight straight races or something, start the year off. That's really like, oh, okay. We'll start. We'll start paying attention. Yeah, to and then you got guys get. like McDowell who get three straight top tens and are like fourth and points. Fourth and points. <laughs> yeah. Where that I mean, yes, he's going to be in the playoffs, but he's not going to be fourth and points. Yeah. So I added this category because we we've been touched on it recently. Did Ryan Blaney lose us money? I'll start with you. Yes. Mm. What was it? Was the Blaney over Kyle Busch bet? I had that. Um, he was. I like. I did win our like league. FanDuel, yeah, but it's only like yeah. There's like four or five people in that. I didn't win any of my other. Uh, I didn't win money in any of my other uh, lineups, which I had Blaney in. So I had him for top ten, which won money, and then I had some uh, just random like uh, personal bets on him with uh, again people from the league, which I don't remember exactly, but he didn't really cost me any of those. So he actually did not cost me. I am upset at myself though. Because I originally had him for, uh, I was in between putting in the official bets top ten or top five, and I thought top ten minus one fifty, even though like, it wasn't good odds, I just needed to win. And it was a lock. Mm-hmm. Where top five was like plus two hundred or plus two fifty, and I really wanted to put it in there. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna put my uh, top ten just to make sure I get it's, one. Win it's the board. good to just get numbers on the board at this <laughs> Dude, point. That's what I was going for there. <laughs> uh, let's go on here to the or again one of our newest. Uh, 2021 segment uh additions here the mid-pack love it i did not re- i never done the actual names we come up with like and it's like a battle the mid-pack battle the mid the mid-pack royale royale yeah i don't the, know for I, the kids at home yeah the the i don't know just the these dudes are probably going to finish between 12th and 22nd so we made a segment for them so we have yet another winner. This has been such a good The parody pack. in NASCAR also has translated to the mid-pack as well. Four races, four different winners. We'll start here with uh, Chris Buescher. He finished 14th. Was not good enough. Not enough. We talked up, uh, about Bubba earlier. 20, uh, 28th position. He was a, Clearly he, not he, good enough. At pre-race, he was a lock for a top 25. Yeah, VSC. That was mm-hmm. the mortal lock, and he jinxed the guy. He eats breakfast with him. He talks him up and then jinxes him. Things you hate to see. We got uh, our uh, Ross Chastain at 23rd. Nope. We have Slick Rick at 11th, which is a strong Close. finish. But it was Close not strong enough. enough. One spot ahead of him in 10th place for the first one of the year. This is a, an extra applause for you, Zach, for Eric Jones getting Boom. his first bail limit pack. Things you love to see out of him. Oh, yeah, Jones. Byron Michigan's own. Let's Good go. to see him there. Like we said, he saved the car from the wreck earlier. Second mention of Jones in the day. Great job for him. I, I was just pumped to see him. Like, it was cool to see his car on TV. The, it was, I hate that car because uh, it reminds me of like, the Victory Junction car that they ran for a well, while. He, yeah, but they don't have that anymore. I know, but it's the like, same like, kind of paint scheme. But I will say, it's just cool seeing like him on TV, like you're saying. Because yeah. usually he was sitting back in the... You know, just not in the TV spots. So I think to be a real Eric Jones fan, though, I need to open a Medallion bank account. 
Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. That's a, I would 100% agree with that. Maybe. I don't know where they're located. I'm sure I can do online banking, though. It's, I think maybe a, maybe they they're like the uh, the CVS ATMs, you know the ATMs in CVS. They charge you like fucking five percent. Yeah, I think that it's got to be somewhere out west because I think he's using it again this week at Phoenix and he used it at Vegas. And usually they're like local sponsors, mm-hmm. so I'd assume it's somewhere out west. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know though. I've never heard of Medallion Bank. Maybe I'll like take out a loan at Medallion Bank or something. Yeah, like a Western Union something. Is that still a thing? Maybe. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, tracks changing. I got, uh, basically 25 laps on fresh tires. There was, uh, everyone's pretty much, or 25 laps on fresh old tires are pretty much the same. Then after those 25 laps, you really can see the difference between like the extra grip, but there really isn't a lot of high tire wear here. It's starting to slowly get there kind of thing, but it's definitely still one of those, like you're in the throttle, like BK was for a while there. Mm. Every single turn, it's all about like your angles and entry and exits kind of thing where, it's there wasn't much so the tires wore down halfway in the run. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really have a track changing because the track didn't change. The only it one was it was like this same weather, overcast yeah. all day. Like it was, and it since the race started at noon, obviously the weather's not going to change that much from noon to three. Unlike like if it had actually started at three or in the Homestead or a Florida race, I should say, where they just rain well, every time. Yeah, I mean it's, they schedule NASCAR races to run during rain. I'm convinced of it. Uh, I guess the only one I had, too, was that I thought the Gibbs car is kind of turning on late. Uh, Truex and Hamlin kind of took a step back, but Bell looked pretty good late. And then Kyle Busch especially really picked up and finished third. So I think all three finished in the top eight. That's where I kind of had the Gibbs on that last long run. All looked pretty good. I actually I want to pull up a, a Kyle Busch quote mm-hmm. from the radio this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just so this, you know. Wait, wait, wait. This is for uh, a warning for Steve. This is the earmuffs part of the segment. <laughs> yeah, earmuffs, Steve. Uh, okay, so this is from Kyle Busch. Now, this is a guy who finished third and was flying at the end. Mm-hmm. Plowing ass fucking tight. Slow as fucking molasses. Kyle Busch. I might I might get that tweet, like, printed out and framed. Every time he's racing. And he's hang, I have to hang it up on a wall or something. I was, well, that, back to that radioactive thing I watched, half it was, like, Kyle Busch or Kurt Busch. Because it was, like, t- 2009, 2012. So this is when Kurt was racing the... The Penske 22, people forget mm. about, and yeah, before Logano, and before Almendinger. And then he was <laughs> uh, then he was in the 51 Phoenix car. And the radio, I would pay, this was like nowadays, I would pay the whatever the scanner fee is to listen to Kurt Busch in the Phoenix radio because he would just <laughs> roast these guys. <laughs> like he hit the wall at one point, one of them, like a side tangent here, he hit the wall. He's like, all right, bring it down for two right side tires. And he's like, seeing pit road that fixed damage. He's like, just right sides. We don't have time for left sides. His pit stops like a minute long. He's like, okay, all right, guys, if you only want two tires, that's all they could afford, though. Uh, it's it was hilarious. He, I can't explain it again. We will we'll post a link out maybe, but it's a twenty five minutes. Gets a little long because it's very like repetitive. But some of them are just pure gold, especially Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch just bitching. Well, that's all Kyle Busch does. <laughs> uh, best car of the day, I think it's Kyle Larson. I don't think you really can. I put honorable mention BK because he was like everything. He was like one step below, but he's still worth noting. He did a really it, good day. It actually like this race for BK reminded me of the championship last year where he was the second best car by a mile, but was not even close to the winner. 
the only difference between last year, because like it went to my uh, reason for picking him over Elliot, which probably blew up my face for this. Phoenix I was race, I was expecting to get BK back to back weeks. The only reason why, if you look at all the loop data and the actual statistics, BK was better. Correct. Yes, but the diff- the problem was that his pit crew stunk like a foot at, at the championship. But I agree that like he definitely was like they were in a class of their own, which just like Larson and BK were this mm-hmm. week at Vegas. So I I completely agree with that. Uh, do you have anyone else? Like, uh, they're all like top three to five in every metric. Larson and BK were. So I think it's really like a yeah. I mean, there was there's points in the race where Blaney looked really really good. Chase looked really really good. But I mean, like like you said, Larson and BK were the top two cars by far. Uh, why don't you lead us off here with uh, some overachievers? So overachiever right off the top, third mention of the day, Eric Jones. Nice. Uh, and he started 29th too. So it's not like he like started up high and just kind of like lucked his way into a finish. No, he had to earn that. He almost took himself out. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like one of the races as a Jones fan you want to see so he can land a better ride than mm-hmm. the 43. So, I mean, it was a perfect race for him, but he's still overachieving in the car. That's an interesting point you just mentioned too, because I've been seeing a lot of, uh, it's never too early to start talking silly season in NASCAR basically. Cause a lot of these rides, it's not like, in traditional sports, so you'll see like uh, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever, these long-term contracts. NASCAR contracts usually are three-year contracts. I think Jones is two. And especially with the pandemic and especially with these lower salaries and rookies coming in, the sponsorship and all this kind of like change you want in NASCAR, we're seeing a lot of like one-year prove-it deals or like one year, like how BK took a one-year deal for a lower price, come back to Penske. So you're seeing a lot of these lower contracts. So almost like you go in uh, length in contracts. So literally you go into these races or seasons now and you go, Hey Jones, if you're like three straight races that are or whatever, he looks pretty good in the 43 that he's like outperforming his equipment. He's going to be then a target for whatever ride opens up due to whoever like vacancy, the, the mm-hmm. musical chair, uh, chair is part of it. Yeah. I, and like, it's just so weird for Jones. Cause he's so much better than what the equipment, like what equipment he has. And I, everybody is, I don't think anybody's like doubting Eric Jones' ability at this point. I'm I'm kind of surprised too. Again, we brought this up a little bit during the last year's thing. It had been awkward for Jones, but because it's kind of like a demotion. But if they really wanted Bell so much, they could have put Bell in the twenty and then moved Jones to the second twenty-three car. Because Denny's talked about how they want to get to a second car as fast as possible. Bubba's going to bring in that sponsorship money, and we said Jones doesn't bring a lot of his own sponsors, but it kind of gets made up for if Bubba's bringing so many sponsors himself, it takes less burden off the team. They can then afford to have a Jones there. He stays with Toyota, who loves him. He gets uh, still the Gibbs equipment, that kind of thing, but I don't know if that was like, if you want to take like that kind of demotion. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if the 23 car would be a demotion, though. Or, like, a second car for the, the Jordan team. I don't even know if that would really be that big of a demotion. I think it, it sucks because Bubba, like, as Steve mentioned, has had kind of some bad luck to start the year. But also, like, just hasn't kind of looked good at a couple of tracks, too. Which... There hasn't been any moment where I actually sit there and go, oh, look, Bubba's in, like, in like 12th. Maybe, I, like, during one of the duels. I don't... Which, it, it, like... But I, I still think the 23 car, like, it, it's backed by Gibbs. Like, it has funding. Like, it's a good car. Yeah. So, Denny, I, I think. Denny wants to succeed. NASCAR wants to succeed. Jordan wants to succeed. Like, there's the funding of the sponsorships. It's funded yeah, by I Gibbs. Think, I, TDR like, or TRD, I think, whatever it's called. I think Bubba, like, as long as he is, like, average in that car, it's going to finish well and he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So, the funding will still be there if they want to add a second car, like, probably two, three years down the line. I don't know how quick 
they can add a car. I don't know. I don't know their finances, but the, the thing too that I'm gonna a little more timeless than I thought, but like, they, they brought up with Denny is he wants this also to give a uh, like the issue they had with Toyota not having a place for the young drivers. They just uh, Gibbs just resigned Truex and Hamlin this season for three extensions. So you have Harrison Burton and you have Ty Gibbs coming up. Ty Gibbs for sure is going to be locked into a Gibbs car. That's mm-hmm. a guarantee. So that means you already have Bell. You kind of like the Kyle Busch, Hamlin, Truex, probably one of them will retire kind they, of thing. Or, or, or maybe Hamlin moves to the 23 car like uh, is it with uh, Bubba or something like that. But it's that whole thing of Toyota's issue. They keep on bringing these young guys up that are talented, and it's like there's no spots for them. They, they're going to have to – maybe they'll do with this next-gen car. They're gonna have to start buying up charters or something. Or they're yeah. gonna have they're gonna have to start buying up teams because, like, there's no outside of like Gibbs and is there really another team that runs Toyotas? Uh, Tim Hellman's 2018 Toyota half the races. Yeah. So like outside of like big time, <laughs> like they don't really have any. Uh, <laughs> they don't really have any Toyota teams. No, I it's can't. Just, I can't think of another one because it used to be Michael Waltrip and they folded. Then there was Furniture Row, but again, that's basically what 23 is. Same thing when Gaunt Brothers, if they're still, yeah, Gaunt Brothers, but they don't really count. And we had Levine Racing, which is again the same thing as Furniture Row. They just hopped on as that extra car, which a 23 is now. So there never really was that, like, second team outside of Michael Waltrip. I believe at their peak, they had three cars. They had Boyer, Truex, and uh, the 55. Whoever Ruben? They, uh, Martin ran it, Vickers ran it, like whoever's in 55, like, but they had those three, three yeah, cars. It wasn't Truex in 56. Yeah. Yeah. So they had three cars and then when they folded, it really definitely put like a little, little plot hole for the Michael, that- Michael Waltrip racing has a very weird, like weird story arc. Agreed. Like that whole like spin gate that they had, yep. where, like they intentionally spun guys like. And just, like, knowing, like, how Michael Walter came up in DEI and, like, how close he was to, like, the Earnhardts and all that shit. Like, it was just weird that a team that he owned was, like, intentionally spitting out, <laughs> like, blatantly during a race just so one of their guys could make the playoffs. Uh, it, it had it been just, like, just a money thing, hence why they kind of dropped out. I don't know, but what, let's hop back into overachievers. That was a longer tangent, mm-hmm. but it, it was a little – Didn't think that was Toy- going to end with Michael Toyota, <laughs> Toyota racing development there. Uh, overachievers, I have Larson, backslash Hendrick as a whole. Larson, the last two, three races, I thought he looked really, really good. Uh, and especially as we talked about, we thought he'd be a top seven car this week. Mm-hmm. We didn't think he'd be the elite guy that he was, leading 100-plus laps, looking like a class of the field kind of thing. But it's definitely cool for him, especially having less seat time in the 550 horsepower. And uh, like I said, they, they, they were running, again, Chase was fantastic, Byron looks pretty good, Bone was top ten, so... Uh, the Hendrick guys look really good early. I know it's been like four races, but uh, it's something to note there that they definitely look strong. Yeah, I think Larson is uh, kind of adjusting a lot quicker than people might have thought he would. Yeah, uh, we- I mean, the schedule has worked out in his favor, though, like getting Homestead and then Vegas, two tracks where he's very, very good at. Yeah, agreed. And you're he. it's not like he's running a different race than he would in the 42. I think this just shows, like, how much better Hendrick is than Ganassi. It shows equipment, and it actually also really shows that you know a driver is talent, like when he was in the 42, then you really see, like, oh, wow, he put him in a winning car. It's like, wow, look how good he is now. It's almost mm-hmm. like, a, like a like a receiver who has an average quarterback. Like Then you give him, like, an elite quarterback, and you go, okay, yeah, this guy's insane. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, holy crap. I always see like the Randy Moss. Went from the Raiders, where he like, gave him 1,000 yards receiving. Then he went to the Patriots and broke all the records. Mm-hmm. The year after, it's like, Damn. <laughs> okay, Randy. 
Uh, I also had Kyle Busch just finishing third. Yeah. Just because I said he wasn't top five, like, the whole race. He was, like, 8th to 12th in every single metric. He found some late in stage, uh, stage three there and finishing third, really good long run speed, so it was good for him. And then the last two guys I had were Stenhouse, who, again, was very close to winning his second mid-pack. Uh, it would have been the first ever uh, – multi-winner of the yeah of the mid-pack. he was one spot off we had jones and Senos in lineups was good for us yes uh, you know, i had jones in every single one of my because our lineups have been doing too bad but our bets are awful and mm-hmm. then uh the last one i had was it kind of mentioned was bell he yeah, seventh place for bell he was sneaky fifth to tenth you didn't see him much they didn't talk about him much but he was always there mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah bell ran a very above average race mm-hmm. uh underachievers i guess you want to start with harvick <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and be like, if anybody says like, oh, he hit, he hit Jones, like he had damage, like then you didn't, you didn't watch the race before you hit Eric mm-hmm. Jones, because mm-hmm. the dude free fell again. The guy the had second a, straight week. He had a sixty six driver rating. Like, how many times is Kevin Harvick going under like a, a ninety? He got a sixty six. That that that's got to be closest to like the lowest he's ever had. Seriously. Uh, then we had I had Elliott, which we talked about. I have Bowman's for costing us. Uh, Bowman. God. And then I had Stuart Haas just because Harvick was their highest finisher. He was 20th. He had Briscoe in 21st, Custer 25th. Rolla again, 38th. Unreal. I think he was dead last, actually. He, I think there was only 38 cars. He blew a tire, it looked like, which is not his fault. I get that. Crashes. It just sucks when I put this guy in lineups back-to-back weeks, and he crashes back-to-back weeks. He's due, though. And I'm probably going to pick him again in lineups because he's probably going to start 32nd or something. I so. have him. I, I, yeah, I got him in my... You might as well cue this up for a, a pin, pin this for, I'm going to say this again, the very next thing the next week. And I also put, like again, on repeat, underachievers, us again, we are awful. At, at this picking winners gambling Dude, just I don't know like I don't know what's going on I like it's I've never had such a difficult time predicting like who's gonna win a race like the, that Vegas race until obviously Larson pulled away at the end but the first like a hundred laps of that race was a total toss-up total toss-up and every single every single race we have one guy that crashes usually two if they crash each other we have we have a guy who finishes like second. We we always get guys in the top ten, but never they never hit the bets that we want. We'll, we'll, like they're one position we'll, off. We'll go into the details of exactly what we're complaining about after we go through the schemes really quick here. But it's it what Zach's saying is true. It's like we have some bad luck right now. Hopefully we're due for a bounce back. Let's get positive really quick here. Best schemes. I'm gonna start really quick here because I love this car. The Ryan Priest, uh, Natty Light, yep. Natter Days car. Yep. I believe it was like a tropical one this time, some sort of pineapple or something on it. It was green and yellow. It but he, fruity. He's ran the, the Natter Days the strawberry lemonade when it came out. They used to – or the 37 car did before he was there. They also ran a uh, just a normal uh, bar stool Natty Light car in general. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's always the Vegas race too. So – and to the Natty Light gets a shout out for like one or two races. I, I you know, give them some credit for it. Speaking of Barstool, I wonder if they're going to sponsor a car now that Boyer's gone. They did Dibadetto last year. Remember the pizza car or two years ago? When he was oh, 95, the pizza car. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, two years ago. I don't know if they would. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really heard of them. Didn't NASCAR like try to distance themselves from Portnoy or something? I don't follow. It wouldn't I, shock I, me, though. I don't know. But yeah, I, that wouldn't shock me. It just kind of sucks because like the Barstool cars were sweet. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Uh, alert paint schemes. I have the Suarez Camping World just because it's a cool story with the yeah. trucks, how he sponsored all the trucks, too. There's like nine of them. Yeah. And they actually did change the schemes yes. up like we talked about. Yes, I'm glad they did that. Because the original posts, they're all the same exact scheme, all the same exact like layout. And me and you were like, that that's going to be a, a spotter's nightmare mm-hmm. or a fan's nightmare kind of thing. But they did end up changing them up, which is cool. Uh, that, was, that graphic design department had a busy weekend. It put a lot of pressure on uh, the Xfinity series. So anytime that there's no Xfinity car that has a sponsor that, you know, or even the Cup Series. Mm. Oh, I guess the Cup Series is a little bit different. But I, I don't remember a Camping World car in the Cup Series in maybe ever. Maybe I missed, maybe I missed like a random one or something. I think that there used to be one uh, for a front row. I think it's be a 38 car. It was never like a primary scheme. Maybe that's maybe that's why. But cause I'm pretty sure it's in NASCAR 14. That's why. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the Camping World Swords car was nice. Uh, the Dylan MGM, fantastic. Yep. I thought Rex would use MGM as well, but just they only had Dylan's. Uh, I had two random ones, which was uh, Quinn Huff. I know we don't mention him again, but he had an eight ball whiskey car. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. So that was pretty cool. Then I have uh, LaJoy Built Bar, which we, me and uh, or us and Steve talked about, which is it looked like that like, like a comic mm-hmm. or like a old Batman with like the pow, kachow, all that yeah, on it. So yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool the design of it. And then the last one that I mentioned much detail was the Kyle Bush Ethel M chocolates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad they uh, explained it in detail on the broadcast because I had no idea what Ethel chocolates were. What, to be honest, what is it? It's I like don't, the, I don't remember listening to them. It's like the Mars like luxury candy. Or luxury L- chocolate. Like a Dove chocolate kind I of situation? I think so. I think that's kind of what they're going for. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, didn't they say that the grandma worked there or something? Cause it's yeah, a, it's, it's, na- a, it's, it's a Las Vegas com- or a like local company. A, yeah, it's like named after the – yeah, somebody who is – Kyle related. Bush is somehow connected to this like some random way. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. So I took a lot of schemes there. I was in rapid fire. Do you have any ones that I missed? Uh, so the, I think the BK discount tire car, I feel like that's so kind of just, it's a solid one. It's, it's a very consistent car, which we don't like the cars they use every single year, but I do like that. I've always liked the scheme and I'll, I'll agree with it. It looks good and he doesn't use every race. So it's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the Larson Hendrick cars. I, I always love the Hendrick cars.com car. Mm-hmm. Some, some people hate it, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, but I think it looks fantastic. We used to use the the Byron 2400 cars as one of our uh, best schemes last year. Oh, it was great. It's the same exact scheme with the five. Mm-hmm. So. It's fantastic. Uh, I had Byron's new Liberty scheme. Good car, yep. Yeah, that, that was good. Any new, I feel like any new scheme deserves a mention we'll as long sh- as yeah, it's good. We'll shout out, just like Suarez kind of thing, we'll shout out for three or four or five races. Once we see enough, it's like not a bad scheme anymore, but now we're, uh, we're, we're adjusted to yeah, it. Yeah, accustomed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Logano Pennzoil, I, I think Steve mentioned that one as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that about wraps it up. So speaking of Penzo, I have the Blaney Penzo, which I kind of mentioned earlier too, with Steve mm-hmm. in my worst scheme, just because he's never changed it. Just one time, like, give me a different Pennzoil Blaney scheme. Don't use the same Pennzoil Blaney scheme three years in a row, which is lazy to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like just, uh, Penske in general kind of doesn't update their shit. True. And then finally, I have uh, nothing about that Kurt Busch twenty two car that was ran in the uh, as radioactives on YouTube it was about ten years ago. Same scheme that Logano runs now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's go to my last worst scheme, Kevin Harvick, just because I don't like the mobile one car this year. It's not good. No. 
Do you have any ones? Any guys no sponsors you want to touch on? They, there was no no sponsors this what? week. Even Big Time. Unbelievable. Big Time had a uh, – it was Diamondback Land Survey. Nice. So I like it. Good, good for Diamondback Land Survey. Uh, I didn't like the Reddick Quartz Hill Records car, mainly because I had no idea what it was throughout the entire race. Is it like vinyls? That's all I can think of. It's uh like a, re- a record label. So like they had like a, oh okay like yeah, they yeah. had like an artist or something on the front, but I couldn't tell what it was during the race. Uh, I I didn't know what it was until I was like doing the segments part. Yeah, and you, yeah, you came across it. Yeah, and I I still didn't really like it after looking at it, especially because I thought he was running the other MGM car. Yeah, why would they post that? He they... has to be running it at the other Vegas race. That's True, the only, that's the only thing I can think of. Because RCR and like the official Twitter page posted the two. MGM cars are next I, to each other. I kind of like Dylan's a little bit better with the black hood, but both are solid. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. It's one of those things where, like, it's nice seeing two schemes that both look good but are still, like, tweaked a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of like the reverse retro kind of thing. Yeah, except for the Red Wings practice jerseys. Uh, <laughs> what were they thinking? What know. were they thinking? Uh, let's jump here to a thing we don't really want to talk about what we have to. Uh, a little gambling recla- uh, recap of the weekend. <laughs> Uh, so I went one for four, minus three and a half units, year to date, 722, minus 14 units. Uh, the only win I had was the Blaney top 10. The other ones that I had that like, me and Zach are talking about how we're like, we have bad luck was I had Truex top five. He finished sixth. And then I don't add Blaney top five. I was thinking about doing, and obviously he gets top five. The other one was, I actually put like. Uh, more than one unit, which I usually do one unit bets. I think I put like three units on this one <laughs> on Alex Bowman, uh, top 10. He's running ninth as we touched on with 12 laps left and it has to pit. Like no one had issues this whole race except guys that we picked. It's just so yep. stupid. hundred percent. Uh, Zach, you went, uh, Oh, and six. Yep. I did. Minus six mm-hmm. units. Four, mm-hmm. four, nine, in your day. Minus 14 units. Uh, so what fan do was a little better. Well, I mean, I I had I picked BK win, finished the second. Yeah, that's that's and you did say a gut feeling. I know he didn't win, but just to have a gut feeling of a guy that's like not a top five, like an odds. It shows that and the he, and he ran that well. I'm not saying you're 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 still preseason gut feeling maybe, but you're definitely like you're like preseason week three. I'm warming up. Like, I don't have practice either. You you play the first half with the starters and call it out like in the second half, but you're you're there. Mm-hmm. That's something you love to see. It means that you could be I, due now. I I really hope I'm due because I am down. <laughs> we, we all I am down. Someone's got to be horrendously. This is down this is terrible. Uh, what? Do you have any other close ones, or was it just like a dumpster? Fire? Uh, I had a Truex top three bet, which I honestly really didn't have a chance to hit after like 15 laps. Right. Uh, I had the Blaney over Kyle Busch bet. Wasn't mm. even close. I don't know. No, where- that stinks. It sucks when you do a when those bets. And again, both guys aren't top five favorites like our dark horses. They both finished top five. Like you pick Blaney and you finish fifth to beat somebody, and it sucks that the guy that like you you could take him against almost the whole field and you would have won it. You could take him against Logano. I think that's one of the prop bets is available, and you yeah. don't need to won that. You of course take Kyle Busch, then he finishes third. So it's just a it's a classic like uh, this. What are the odds? I think, and I had Austin Dillon. I think he finished twelfth. Like Austin Dillon, top ten finishes twelfth. He yeah, he was floating around there. I, I had that one too, like on my board that I was considering, and you can't be mad at the guy. He was kind of consistent the whole day. I so. feel like yeah, he was a ninth to twelfth place car. I just picked the wrong side. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, FanDuel lineups, we had, again, just issues of having Dividetto in most of our lineups, or I did at least, and he had some sort of, like, tire issue where he... They couldn't like, get the tire off of his car. Like, I, I think the gun broke or something. They couldn't get the... I think it was the front... It was one of the left sides. I think it was the front left. So, yeah, he ended up finishing, I think, 16th. But, like, again, he was a... I would say, realistically, like, 8th to 10th best car. He was good. Yeah, he, he was good. I, I think he fit around that area. So he's still, he, and he, like, it sucks because he still got you positive points, but it doesn't reflect, like... You knew it was more. Yeah, you, you had... There was points left on the table. It was annoying. You throw Bowman in being ninth place with... 12 laps left, and then finishing 27th one lap down. Like, right there you're getting, I don't know, 15 points in differential or 7 points. It was like 25, 20 points there just off and, that one. Yeah, and it sucked because all my lineups were right on the white line. Yeah, But it, it was on the wrong side. And then who was the other guy? I was like, oh, Amarola. So those are the three guys that I was like kind of into – and they like as like mid level picks, kind of know, like the under ten thousand guys, and all three had some sort of issue. And it sucks because it, it means for me it wasted my good Jones pick, who was really cheap, and it wasted my Stenhouse pick, who was like very under owned. So both these guys are very cheap. Both finished. We mentioned tenth and eleventh. You really wish you could hit that. Oh, and that's what I had Harvick too, and majority like yeah. a third of mine, and mm-hmm. he was so bad that it brings you down. He finishes twentieth, doesn't a single lap, and my lineups didn't have a guy finish first or second. So, like, I had a really tough, like, looking on paper, but I, I came out, like, I still lost money, but I still, like, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be kind of thing. So, it gives me some uh, positivity, especially with the uh, the creation of the Optimizer spreadsheet. The Optimizer is railed. We cannot wait to uh, fully unleash <laughs> it this week. We've been toying with it the last uh, about seven to ten days. We think it's finally good to go now. So We uh, needed to do, like, just an Optimizer lineup. Yes. Just a straight nerd lineup. Straight straight computer-generated. <laughs> the AI lineup. I yeah. like it. Uh, your lineups, again, I kind of touched on those four guys, but who else did you have that were, like, hits or misses? So I fortunately put Larson in one of my lineups. Nice. I think I had Larson and BK in the same lineup. Railed. So that worked out. It's cool to, like, somewhat know what I'm talking about. Did you have Jones in that one, too? I believe I did. I think I had Jones in all my lineups. I respect it. So, oh, that's not the right one. Hold on. I have so many... But, yeah, I so I definitely had – oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so I had – oh, this wasn't even the lineup that won money. I had Truex, Chase, BK, Benedetto and Jones, and I won our league lineup – or league uh, fan yeah. with that. I think what killed you there was like, – Dibbeda was losing spots, Truex and Chase just not being what we thought they were going to be. So Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough, but uh, – Pens- Like, Penske heavy lineups actually did pretty good, but um, Chase – Kind of fucked me, and then I put LaJoy in to have that lineup. He did not do good. Like, I had the three Penske guys and Chase, and Chase, like, losing points kind of. Well, he did lead some laps, but then LaJoy just – I'm over the LaJoy $3,000 play. Good. I'm over it. Good. I fe- I'm, I'm glad I, you're there. I I fell for it twice, and I won't fall for it again. So, I guess – He'll probably finish 15th next week, though. Zach won't fall for it again for Phoenix. Speaking of Phoenix, let's go. Let's go jump into here. Let's start with a just betting preview. For me, I kind of shortened it this week because I didn't really like a lot of the data I was seeing. Where there's a lot of inconsistencies of there's only like three tracks that are relatable. Like it's Phoenix, New Hampshire, Richmond. That like your short flat tracks. And you throw in too that Phoenix was recently reconfigured, so there's not really a lot of uh, uh, race. I think it's been two race or a. Uh, two years of racing on the reconfiguration. So I think it's kind of tough to really like 
gauge it, so I kind of shortened up this uh, this week for it. Uh, yeah, like even the tracks you mentioned, they aren't like Phoenix. Yeah, it, it's, it's really it's un- weird. It's it's kind of unique. It's kind of like well, when I touch on Blaney, he's like pretty good at Phoenix, and then dog shit at the other two. So it's weird. It's a uh, weird track. We'll start again. I'm keeping the same setup we did last time uh, of the 1A favorites, 1B contenders. Uh, to start for 1A favorites, I have Elliot as like the uh, Vegas favorite at plus five and a half to one. As he probably should be. Yeah, he won the uh, the title from the back. Uh, that was in the fall, obviously. Uh, I think he had a, some sort of adjustment issue or something, but he cleared through the field, looked very good. Him and BK were arguably like equal cars, but like – Chase ran a perfect race, able to hold in the lead. He led 90 uh, laps in the spring as well before he had an issue. So, like, in both those races, looked very good. And he, st- and he still finished seventh in the spring race, too, yeah. even with an issue. You throw in that he seems to run, like, in his career at Phoenix, like, as a top five, or he crashes or has an accident. So he has yeah. that speed before uh, all this, like, reconfiguration and stuff as well. And he was top nine at those uh, New Hampshire and Richmond races last year, too. And then him and uh, Hendrick and as a whole just look very fast this year to be touched on. And even looking back at the last fall when Elliott won the title, he won three of the last five races of the year. It looks like a lot of momentum, a lot of speeds on his side. And, like, usually the rule of thumb for NASCAR is even if they have bad luck, keep on betting on guys with speed, they'll eventually get one. And, like, even with the issues that Chase has had, like at the um at the Daytona Road Course, like after all he had, he was still flying through the field. He looked. Uh, what happened at Homestead? Didn't he crash? I had him, so that means he did not do. Yeah, well. he, I think he's like correct. I'm drawing a blank. He, I had a he was kind of just sat in that uh, early. Yeah, teams. he was just a. It was a weird race for Chase, which because our Hendricks were good. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, sorry. Long. <laughs> I got you. Long Wait, day. Kind of long day. Long I day. I got you. Uh, so. And then, like, last week, even after the Jackman tried to tear a hole in the side of his car, he was still flying until he spun himself out. Yeah. And then after that, he was still he still finished 13th. I think after the Jackman messed the car up, he still finished second in that stage behind Kozlowski. So yeah. he still had some, like, race-winning speed, maybe. Maybe it wasn't as quick as before, but, yeah, he definitely took a big step after that spin. Yeah, I mean, and Chase is just – he's kind of just one of those guys now where you feel good putting money on him. Uh, in Every a, single race. In a side note, Zach does have him in our league picks this week. Mm-hmm. I have Kozlowski, who I'll touch on now. Uh, for me, it was a 50-50 pick. I just kind of had – I really, really like the stats, I'm going to say right now, where I don't care if it's if I lose this, but I'd probably bet on both these guys anyway. But for me, I just loved what I saw the two-car on these flat, short tracks last year. He dominated New Hampshire and Richmond, won them both, led over half the race, almost perfect drive rating in both. He brought that same car he used those two uh, races to Phoenix, which he almost, would, again, was as fast as Elliott, almost being finished second. So if you have a first, first, and a second on these three tracks, it's like, damn, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw in as well in the spring, he actually led 90 laps, but like Elliott had an issue. I think he finished 12th. Uh, and before oh, 80 laps, he had 80 laps, and then if you look at it, he has four top tens in his last ten, which is not good at Phoenix. But I just love the recency bias of that package they may have like figured out for BK, mm. and I'm trying to ride that hot hand here. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I I was totally content like in our league picks taking BK again because I kind of felt like I was going to get him at six. Yeah, the sixth pick. I. Yeah, I'm probably going to have him in lineups. I'm going to bet on him. Like, fuck. 
I, I like Elliot and BK not because they're favorites this race, but in general, from like the stats we mentioned and whatnot. Just well, like, they're, also, they're favorites for a reason. Also, yes. the way we kind of like just – it's a weird kind of like uh, – not gut feeling for me. It's more like a momentum thing where you kind of just watch these guys. You get, you're you like, oh, yeah, no, they're good. It's not it, – it, they, they show the speed week in and week out, especially these these short, short flat tracks that mm-hmm. you're like – they give you confidence. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. The last guy, which I did not want to put into favorites, but – Actually, I'm gonna take him out of favorites. I'm gonna put him. In, I'm gonna put an extra. Those two are the favorites. I'm gonna Whoa. do <laughs> live odds change here. Yeah, I, well, the odds are exactly the same for the guy they're tied with for contenders. So I'm gonna move him down with the other guy for contenders. So the first guy is Denny Hamlin at six and a half to one. Uh, four top fives in his last six Phoenix races. Was not very good in the championship four race in the fall, but he still finished fourth. You could tell he was not a contender. It, and that's like a fourth is a very deceiving because like all the guys not in the playoffs just kind of let the top four guys just kind of like figure and it Johnson out. And Johnson finished fifth. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how how convenient. Time. It's almost like it was scripted. Uh, Then the spring, he, I don't, this is the Denny Hamlin checking out from the race because he finished 20th, and I just put he didn't care. His driver rating, just like Harvick was, like a 68. We were like – uh, is he just not trying? Is there an issue I don't know about? What's going on here? I think there was like a, I think somebody pissed him off and he just again checked out from the mentally from the race. But if you look at uh the previous fall race, we're going to the 2019 fall. He won the race, led 160 laps. Uh, look at the short tracks last year in 2020. He finished 12th at Richmond. But he has multiple issues. Remember, you had him. He led some laps, like pit road speeding or pit road like uh, loose lug or whatever it was. Another heartbreaker. And then he finished second in New Hampshire behind Kozlowski. So he's shown that speed in the flat tracks. He's tr- like traditionally pretty good at those tracks as well. Uh, I just don't know which Hamlin's going to show up. That's why I put him as contender. Yeah, I don't know what to think about Denny this week. And he's been fast. It's, he's been so fast been, this year too. I don't know. I he's don't been know. fast, but he doesn't. He's never had a winning car. And no point is he had like, hey, Danny is going to win this race mm-hmm. outside of like a mistake. Like, yeah, it might change. Like, it, you brought up in 2019 when he won and led all those laps. In 2017, he both races he led 140 laps in each. Yes, yeah, so it's almost like, like it takes. He, maybe he's an odd year guy. Is it an odd year now? Shit, it's an odd year now. Should I move him up to contender Fuck, or at favorites? I think you should. All right, revert, we're, revert. We're putting Hamlin after seeing this San Francisco Giants type st- uh, stuff in the World this Series is, this runs. Is quite a development. We're gonna move Hamlin after he was quickly demoted to the contenders one B. He's got, he's now back in the one A favorites. Congrats, Danny. Too many. Like, you can't lead over 100 laps in three last four, three last five, whatever it was, and not be a favorite. That's on me for just talking him down. But I actually, yeah, I think I'm glad we talked it out. We t- we had to talk. To, we yeah. talked ourselves into Denny. The, the first step. So we're admi- gonna get. Blasted what's by it, Denny. What's the first steps admitting, right? Acceptance. Either way, whatever step, the, whatever <laughs> I, those I, steps, those I are of insert thing. We're, I'm not sure what steps. There's many different programs with steps. So we've accepted Denny <laughs> back into one A favorites. Uh, so the guy he was tied with the six half to one for one B contenders was Kevin Harvick. I don't know. Not very often he's I in the one B category. No, what to think of him. He ran. He ran good at Homestead. Finished top five for you. Uh, road course, he was deceivingly well. Top ten there. Don't recall the five hundred for him. And then the dumpster fire of last week. But what I don't like about Harvick is I think he's so overvalued because he is the most wins at Phoenix all time. I think he had a stretch where he won like six races in eight years and like four in a row or five in a row or something like that, where it was like guaranteed he's gonna win. 
he hasn't won there in like three or four years where it is now. And he doesn't like he used to lead like two hundred laps and win the race or finish second. I don't see that anymore. I don't know, but he looked really good in the spring, so I'm so torn on this. I just don't trust it. Yeah. He, like like you were God. like you said, like he used to like even though he doesn't win, he still finishes in the top ten though. So it's so frustrating because you put you put money on the guy and he he just doesn't have a winning car anymore, but he's gonna finish well. You're like, well, well, fuck. Why did I put money on him when I could have put money on somebody else? Yeah, I wrote down here like he's gonna be a, a top ten. Uh, maybe if that doesn't happen, a top ten threat for sure. Don't get get it confused. We think Harvick's still good, but he's not the Harvick from five to six years ago, where you walk in and the whole garage goes. We have nothing for the four. Mm-hmm. We I don't know how he does it. He runs a very unique line at this track. But again, it's reconfigured, made it mess around with it a little bit. I don't know. I just I don't like the value of Harvick. I'd rather bet Hamlin bet Harvick. Yeah, I think we kind of talked ourselves into Hamlin and talked ourselves out of Harvick. Uh, moving on to the next guy is Kyle Busch. Now this guy, this could be the sneaky play of it. Plus eight hundred. He's finished top four in nine of the last eleven Phoenix races. He's good. In 2018, 2019, he finished top two in each of the races. And, I mean, that that's including, like, the championship four last year where he didn't care. Yes. He crashed early at New Hampshire, but he, like, it's hard to judge how fast he's going to be. But his two of his teammates, who are also strong at New Hampshire, and Truex Jr. and uh, uh, Hamlin, both finished top five. So, I think you can put uh, Kyle Busch in that similar category of he's going to contend for that same region they're in. And then at Richmond, he finished sixth. So he has that speedy similar tracks. He's railed at Phoenix. Mm. And I don't know. There's, there's certain things with Kyle Busch that we talk about. We're buying him low this year. I think it, it plus 800 for a guy that has, again, nine top fours and less 11 Phoenix races. That's a very good to me, like, value play. Yeah. And I mean, you, not, you, you, not even a win, yeah. like, top five bets. Exactly. Like, top yes. 10 bets, he's not going to have great odds on it. But that's kind of a lock. I might throw it on just so I can get a fucking. A digit in the win column. Yeah, we are struggling. We'll, we'll, we'll get these stats to help us bounce back. The next guy I have is Logano at also eight to one. Uh, four straight Phoenix top tens. He was top three in both of them last year. He's led over sixty laps in the last three races as well. Uh, he was top four at the similar tracks: New Hampshire and Richmond. Just like Brad Keselowski, really good. Seven hundred fifty horsepower, short flat track program Penske had last season. Uh, it's means. It's tough to see they can repeat it, as we've seen that there's been some uh, uh, just normal development changes or year-to-year. Uh, some teams regress, some teams progress, whatever. It's almost like a we said like that leap year, how everyone's waiting for that. Or like a, not a leap. What's that word called? Uh, like a, not a, a dead year. A but gap a, year? Uh, there's a word. I don't know. If you're listening at home, please, please, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, it looks like. They're the cars to beat. We'll see, or they were last year. We'll see them keep it going for this year. Yeah, Logano's just off to a weird start. After like he finishes, well, he gets crashed in the like the going into the final turn of the five hundred. Gets passed by Bell uh, at at the road course, and then is non-existent at Homestead, and then just kind of runs whatever fizzled at. I think he finished ninth so, or tenth. I think he fizzled at uh, Vegas. Yeah, like it's just it, it's not very inspiring. Uh, the last guy I have in contender is just because I think we cannot not say this guy now is Kyle Larson mm-hmm. at nine to one. Uh, these odds may have changed, and we will post some updated odds when we do our, our actual bets. If there's something you have to bet right now, we will post it. 
But Larson, uh, four straight top sixes. Now, he did not race in the fall race, obviously, but in the spring he did race. He's got uh, six of his eight uh, last Phoenix races. He's been uh, top six finishes, including a blown engine in one of them after he won stage one. So he shows that like he knows how to get around this track. Uh, we've seen already this early 2021 season what a competitive Carl Hendrick can do for him. I think he's another guy where I like his value more than Harvick. So, I we'll see. I'm I'm on the cool later now. Yeah, I mean, how like how do you talk against Larson after what he did last week? And I th- and Homestead is very and Homestead. he's very strong too. And I think it's a momentum is a thing in sports, especially in NASCAR. Week to week, is a confidence. Come off a win, like they are feeling they can do no wrong right now. Especially they, rolling it right off the truck too. Yeah. Also, the pressure is alleviated. They had a, he had a great moment with like Bubba and the the uh, what's it called the winner's circle afterwards. Lane, yep. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of things like going right for him. This is definitely like a redemption year for him. So it would not surprise me at all to see the uh, the five car back in like, the top three, top five again. It was good to see the uh, all those uh, old takes for like Larson not making the playoffs and stuff. Like just uh, there's like a NASCAR old takes. I'll, I'll like a freezing takes exposed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, but there's a NASCAR one. And it's just constantly posting just Larson won't win a race. Larson won't make the playoffs. And it's just like, damn, like, y'all's, like, y'all's just some haters. Like, do you just, like, just yeah. not watch NASCAR? Do you not know, like, he's I, getting a promotion? I got to go Weiss. I think Weiss said he's going to go over that the, like, seventh, eighth, or sixth to eighth range somewhere in there and maybe win a race or two, then really break out next year. I believe that's what we said. And it looks like this is happening much quicker than we expected. We did predict a couple wins, though, so yeah. we're on the right side of history. Uh, that was my last guy for contenders, so jumping into Tier C, Dark Horses slash Sleepers. Basically, I'm going to like permanently lock him here for every single race. It's Ryan Blaney. It's 16-1. to 1. <laughs> He's finished top six in three of his last four at Phoenix. Uh, if he can avoid issues, he's probably a pretty good top ten guy, mm-hmm. so um, it's pretty safe for him there. Uh, you probably wouldn't have good odds on those, though, which is really annoying. The minus 150 was Vegas, so I assume that was 13-1 to 1 odds I got him at, so I think his top 10 is probably like minus 125, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll double-check for you guys. Uh, the other thing I had about Blaine, though, is like we kind of mentioned, is how Richmond and New Hampshire are similar tracks. They're flat and short tracks, and these are the same package. Blaney's awful, those tracks. Like, not even a top 10 threat. So it's kind of weird, just like how I said at Darlington, he stinks. And at Mar- but then he's really good at Martinsville, which is like I don't know. He's he's a very weird driver. I feel like so maybe it's like high braking, or he never has to let off the gas pedal. I don't those, know. Those intermediate braking tracks are just not his thing. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, the next guy I had was really uh, William Byron at twenty to one. Uh, he was top ten in both of the Phoenix races last year. Uh, he finished eleventh at New Hampshire. Hendrick looks really good, we said. He looks pretty good this year as well. It looks like he made a jump just like Larson did this season. And I don't know. I just got a weird feeling that I think Byron could be a sneaky, I'm not saying 10 for the win, but I think you can see him at like 7th to 10th range all day long. I think it's pretty good. I think he should be. He, I don't really know like where he'd be in like group bets. He'd probably be like in that second tier. Like he might be with like Blaney, like that kind of, that kind of group. Uh but, like, I, I feel like top 10 would be a pretty I good f- bet. And I feel like they're going to put him with, like, Bowman and Bell and Kurt, like that kind of group. Yeah, yeah, maybe, I guess. I, I think Bowman, like, or Byron is just way better than all those guys right now. But what do I know? I'm fucking 419. <laughs> That's a valid point. I can't say much here, though. 
Uh, looking at Christopher Bell as my next guy. Speaking of him, he's at 33 to one. He wasn't very good, honestly, at Phoenix last year. He finished, uh, I think, his best spot was like 18th. But he remember he's in the 95 Levine car. It's kind of like a, it's not the full equipment kind of thing. Rookie, yeah. Is yeah. But the one thing I like about him is he was really really fast in New Hampshire. That's the reason why I thought Kyle Busch was going to be in New Hampshire because I remember Bell at one point was in the fast cars in the track. Then he blew his tire twice, like the same tire as a left rear <laughs> tire. So he looked really good at the short flat tracks. He was very, very good at those in the Xfinity series, uh, including if you look at it here, like he's led 68 or more laps in his last three Phoenix races, Xfinity. Uh, he won three of the last four stages that happened. He has a win. And these are races that Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski have raced in. It's not like he's racing the normal Xfinity guys. Uh, in the fall he does, but in the spring race, usually one or two cup guys come down. Mm -hmm. So he really shows that, like, he can hang with the best. I don't know if it's going to translate over, but maybe hop in that 20 car, we could see him getting run for that top 10. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it sucks spending on the 20 when it's on Eric Jones. Is that, it's, uh, I know it's still fresh, fresh wounds here. But fresh. We, we, at one point, we're going to have to get over this. <laughs> we're working. We're working. It's like the steps. The steps <laughs> you were talking about. The first one's acceptance. I yeah, think. I'm going through. I'm going through grief right now. Mm. I'm not sure what step that is. I might have skipped one or two. It. We'll figure it out. We'll make our own steps for it. We'll, we'll, we'll write them down somewhere. Well, Zach's. We'll make it a ten segment. step program of <laughs> getting, getting over, over your Eric driver, Jones. losing your your driver, losing a seat. <laughs> uh, the last guy I wanted to had note of was I was going to bring up Rolla. Because he's actually pretty good finishes here. He's not going to win, though. But I was just so sick of him costing me money in FanDuel lineups. He'll never win. That I just I had to take him out. But I did put it instead at 50-1, to one, Matt Dibidadetto. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, he was eighth it's, in it's the fall. Eighth in the fall. Two top thirds before that, including the 95 car. He was sixth in New Hampshire, really fast. Again, Penske has that really good short, flat run program. At least last year they did. He's a part of that. I think that's decent value maybe it could sneak some nice uh, lineups or sneak some nice uh some prop bets but that's my group uh or that's my end of my run here i don't know if you are sleepers or do you want to touch them in the dfs preview only other thing i really have here for the betting is some just uh some early props that i'm looking at considering Oh, I thought, I thought oh, you were gonna. No, I thought you were gonna list them off. Oh no! I, yes, I'll do it right now. Actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I was waiting for you. Miscommunication. <laughs> uh, I have considering all three of these, which is funny. We kind of about the favorites here. I was considering a like win. A Bill Nye old segment. Consider the following. I was considering a win, top three, and top five for. Sorry, just win in top three. I missed from I think win in top three for Chase and BK. So the win we set are five fifty and six for both them. And top threes are about 160 or 1.7 in that range for both of them. I like both these guys a lot. I think they're the clear-cut favorites. Will it happen? We'll see. But those are two I'm definitely considering. I love. I'm going to hammer this one. Might do two units on it. Whoa. Kyle Larson, top five at plus 135. I like it. I have Christopher Bell written down for a top 10 at plus 120. And then I have old DiBenedetto at top 10 plus 175. Those are my I, I early feel, look. I I feel like that De Benedetto is kind of too high of odds. You think it's it's a good value for us, the better? Or no, no. I'm I'm sorry. The other way. I think it should be higher than plus one seventy five. I yes. Eighth in the fall. I I think one seventy five. Three straight top thirteens. Thirteenth isn't. I might bet this out of spite now, just so thirteenth isn't tenth. Just so I can get plus 175 units to my score. I said it. 
I'm can I bet him not top 10? I think you can, actually. I think you can bet him not top 10. He probably has minus odds, though. Yeah. It, that's how that works. I might do that's it out how of that spite. works, Zach. I might do it out of spite. You won't. <laughs> I might. <laughs> All right, let's transition to DFS, Zach. What do you got here? I know uh, FanDuel usually posts their lineups, or the starting lineup and the salaries and stuff around Wednesday-ish uh, each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach is, likes to roll through here. Uh Basically, the highest-priced guys with the lineups, who he likes to dominate, that kind of thing. Let's start off, Zach. Who are the most expensive guys this week? So, I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer that Harvick's the most expensive at 14000 starting 18th with the success that you said that he's had here. I mean, kind of a lock to finish the top 10, so it's plus points. He's going to be so highly owned, though, that I would like to kind of fade him in some lineups just because Harvick's kind of sketching me out. It's funny you said it because the reason he's so highly owned is because of the history, but also starting 18th for the differential is why yes. people will like him. Uh, I almost kind of hope that everyone – I'm going to fade him for sure. I might have him in a single lineup. I hope – maybe it's one. I hope that people <laughs> do uh, like hammer him like we did last week at Vegas and like he doesn't live to his expectations, and then you can then you know save so much money because the 14000 is such a heavy amount. Like That's where you end up having LaJoy in your lineups. <laughs> uh, well, I will not be having the joint lineup. <laughs> but it, the problem with Harvick, though, is if he does well, if he finishes, like, top five, you're going to be like, well, fuck. Yeah. Why did I not put him in my lineup? Like, how dumb am I? It all depends if you have to devoid that as if you nailed like, the dominator. Let's say, like, if you had Larson last week and BK, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you're good. Like, yeah. you get one, two in the lap slide. Yeah, or you, or you get Harvick, and then the next guy, like, the next highest guy, like, wins and la- leads, mm-hmm. like, 100 laps. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, that I mean, yeah, that guy obviously wins. Um, next up is Chase at 13500 starting sixth. Surprisingly expensive compared to Harvick. Yeah, but, I mean, he, as good as he looked last, last year in the championship, uh, he's kind of just railed in general. And, like you said, you're, you're probably going to bet him for a win in top three. I think mm-hmm. you're not alone on that. I, I, I'm probably – I'm – Probably gonna have Chase in many lineups. It's not just because I have him in the league either. Like I think Chase is gonna be very good this week. I am 100 percent on board the Elliott train. I've kind of talked about it uh, in the previous preview there, and the, with the uh, betting preview, starting six isn't too bad early, like you said. So yeah, it's not bad. Thirteen five is a little pricey, but I do like it. And just I made us rough estimations of points here on my little uh, the old optimizer sheet, and I didn't include any laps led yet. And if I just kind of roughly did these things, he'd be similar to Harvick in points. And that's not including lap sled, and we think it's going to dominate. That could be a nice big uh, – It saves you 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, I have Denny at 13,000. He starts third. I, I, I don't – I don't really know. I talked. I know we talked ourselves into Denny in, in like, <laughs> like his favorites. actual like straight-up odds. But FanDuel is I, – I don't know. Like I might have him in a few. I'm probably going to fade Denny in most of them. I don't know what to think of him. Like for uh, hit, yeah. to ask him to match a third place finish right now, and I don't really see him leading very many laps either. He's never had he like we said he hasn't had a winning car at any point. Uh, he's I don't know. I I I don't really like Danny this week. So it's funny you mentioned that. I kind of threw in uh, just like dollar values for like projecting uh, how many points someone's gonna get to like their price, and Denny has one of the worst. Uh, values in terms of like what you're getting. Uh, Harvick's up there too with me, and I projected Hamlin to finish fifth. 
So if he finishes fifth, he's giving you a lot of points, but it's like you almost are better off having two guys that cost 10000 than having, you know, Hamlin for 13. Yeah, there's not like, much, like, gap for a reward. It's There's you much need, you more need, risk on him. I, I might throw Hamlin in one or two lineups just so, like, just in case he does dominate. We said 140 laps he led a couple of years ago and 160 mm-hmm. uh, two seasons ago. But, yeah, I don't – He he's that guy that has to do really well and the – be a top three contender all day long from the really hit that 13,000 value where Elliot has a much higher upside to dominate and Harvick has that position difference. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, uh, I have Brad Kozlowski, 12,500 starting first. That's going to kind of hinder his uh, like potential. I think if he, obviously he could lead the first hundred laps of the race. It's very similar to Harvick last week. Yeah. He could either completely win you a lineup or completely blow it for you. Because if he goes out there and Zach's saying starting the poll, uh, if he goes and leads the first hundred laps, even if he finishes eighth, those hundred laps will probably make up for it. It's not a big yeah. deal. But the thing that stinks for him is we have Truex fifth, Elliott sixth, Larson second, Kyle Bush seventh, Hamlin third. Like a top five's loaded. I feel like this is the closest we've been to an actual like qualifying since covid like just that like just yeah. the starting lineup is so stacked up top so it's one of those things where like i love bk still but i'm not going to sit there and tell you he's going to leave every single lap kind of thing he very well could but there are a lot of other guys that we like as well so bk is a little pricey hopefully that starting first actually might scare some people off especially being 12,500 i don't think he i don't think he'll be like that highly owned by any means yes he is a little cheaper but there's just not like, I think that's going to scare some people away starting first. But I have him, like I said, I have him getting still a decent amount of projection. I, again, I put him in fifth place projected finish kind of thing without any laps led. And he still gives you a decent uh, decent amount of fantasy points. Right around Hamlin's points, too. So, like, I just think BK has a much higher chance to go out there and lead 100 laps, if not win the race kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of like that. So, starting this, like, this next tier, uh, I have Logano at 12,000, starting eighth. He's been really good here lately, uh, but like we mentioned, Logano's is kind of in a funk, so I don't really know what to expect from him. He's Denny with a little bit more value. I actually think I'm going to have Logano in lineups again. I do like that his history at the track uh, price is a little pricey. We'll see how all the lineups kind of work out with like the lower tier guys, how it all fits together. But I think starting ninth and his track record here and the Penske track record here, I think that he's definitely a guy who presents some good value. Yeah, and I, I think if you want to fade Denny and Harvick, I think Logano's a good guy to fade them with. Agreed. Uh, next up, so I think this guy is going to be very highly owned, and it's Kyle Busch. Uh, 11,700 starting seventh. We've already gone over the stats of how good he is here. I plus, think- plus, again, he's discounted. We don't get why he's plus 800, why he's 11,700. Like, this is a guy that should be hammering all these bets. I totally agree. Like, yes, I've fallen into the Kyle Busch trap, and he hasn't really won me much, but... I, he is due, and he's still at a discount even after putting up good results. So that's something you just hammer until they take it away from you. I hundred percent agree. And people may have like a short term memory of like Kyle Busch having issues last year, but he still ran a lot of races in the top six, top seven. We're all on Kyle Busch bandwagon this year, so I think he'll be like fairly high in a lot of my lineups. Not gonna yeah, I, I probably will have him as well. Uh, next up is Larson, eleven thousand three hundred. Problem is starting second. So, like, it's kind of the same thing last week. If you want to take the risk and throw him in, he and he ends up leading half the race and wins, you're probably going to win money. 
it's the same issue that's going to run in here with BK and Hamlin. Hopefully at this, them starting so high is going to tear people away from picking them, lower the percentage down. But the, there's a reason these guys are starting one, two, three, because they've been the most consistent drivers for the formula kind of thing all year mm-hmm. long. And they they all three have very good track records at this track, like we've been saying. I've definitely been working in Larson a lot as well. Yeah, I, I probably I probably should. That'd probably be the smart play. Uh, next is Martin Trucks Jr. Ten thousand seven hundred starting fifth. I'm fading Truex. Uh, I mean, yeah, just thoughts and prayers if you start him. Like, good for you if you ha- if you got the balls to do it. Yeah, he he. Can, he sorry, to cut it real quick. He can be that weird like flex of like people put Truex in because no one he's like the forgotten one. But if he like wins the race and you have him, you're the genius. Yeah, so, I mean, I might throw him in lineups just because I picked him as well in the league. So it might just be like out of respect play. But I I mean, the guy is. He has four top tens the last six races, but he crashed out of the other ones. So, take your pick. At least he's shown speed. That's all again. Yes. I would say always bet in the speed. It'll, it'll come together. It'll come around eventually. So. Or it'll end up in the wall in turn three. So happens. It it does. Uh, and the the last guy like uh like kind of like the above ten thousand that I'm interested in is Blaney ten thousand five hundred, starting eighth. Uh, I mean he. <sighs> Penske's been railed lately. He looks, he finishes pretty consistently here, like you said. Um, even when he crashed in the spring race last year, he had a 101 driver rating. Yeah, I remember him. He was solid. He, it's traditional Blaney, where I think, I don't know how many laps he led or if he did it all, but he's sitting that third to sixth or like fourth to seventh, always in that kind of like the flirting range. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I have him projected eighth, just like throwing out there rating. Excuse me, randomly. So I don't know what he's gonna do, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I might stay away from Blaney unless it kind of like perfectly works into my lineups. But like I th- I might just fade him more than I normally do, just because I don't really like the starting spot. And he's a little yeah. expensive for where he's starting. I think. Yeah, I don't see him like Vegas. I could see him go out there and winning. I don't know if I see him winning Phoenix. That's why I want to like push him down a, a tier kind of thing. Like. From my from like my percentages, understandable. Um, I mean, who the Blaney trap might finally pay off this week? Who knows? It could really come any week. Uh, and then just so like I just got some honorable mentions here. Like Kurt, uh, starting at twelfth, he's ninety five hundred. He has three straight uh, top threes at the last three spring races. Nice. So, uh, I feel pretty confident throwing him in at ninety five hundred. Good mid tier guy. Uh, he also because I considered him deeply for. Uh, stuff too, or bringing him for the betting preview. He doesn't have any outrageously fast stats, but at these flat tracks and at Phoenix, he always runs that like eighth to tenth range recently, like consistent like average running speed, uh, green flag speed, all the metrics. But one thing about him at Phoenix is he used to be really, really good. Uh, he's taking a, a tiered off recently and he switched teams a couple of times, but like throughout his whole career, Phoenix has been a, a, a track and he's consistently ran top five. Yeah. Um, Next, I got Bowman at 9,000. Yes, he's starting 21st, but this is not a Bowman track. Which is weird because we could argue that the, this this track's why he has the 88 car. Or not the 48, but like why he originally got the ride when he subbed for Dale Jr. at Phoenix and let 150 laps where it was. Yeah. Arguably, it's why he kind of got the job. But, yeah, I, I like him, like you're saying, because of the starting position. But outside of that, he does not have strong finishes like, or strong runs. Bubba, since 2018, has more top 10s than him. There we go. Like, I feel like that's in the, in that the 40, kind of... In the 43 car. Yes, I feel like that kind of sums up 
how I feel about Bowman this week. You could plug him in and he finishes 10th, you're chilling. But I think he's kind of a risky play here. Uh, next, I have Almarola, just because I love to feel pain every week. Uh, he's 8,000, but he's starting 32nd. So let's just run back last week, have him cut a tire, and then ruin lineups. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that. He actually, uh, I'm going to bring this up really quick. Like I said, Rolas actually ran really well at Phoenix. It might take a second for this to load, but he ran really well in New Hampshire and Richmond as well, like top 10 kind of thing. But if you look at Rolas, I didn't bring him up because I said he's going to screw me in the DFS, but because we're doing DFS preview here, I might as well touch on his stats very quickly. So if you look at Elmer Rolas, since he got to Stuart Haas, he has finished 7th, 4th, 4th, 22nd, 8th, and 13th. So, I mean... If he's starting way back in the field, too, it could be some good value. And uh, even at Richard Petty Motorsports, he was a top 20 threat. So it's a good track for him. I might just keep on rolling the dice and roll until he gets me a decent finish. But it's so hard to pass up a Stuart Haas. Like, he's a playoff driver. That's starting mm-hmm. 32nd until 8,000. It's very hard to pass that up. Yeah, it's kind of like the Kyle Busch discount right now. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to not hammer it. Uh, last guy I got uh, is Cole Custer. Oh, I hit him too. That's a good one. 7,300, starting 24th. He's only had two races in a cup car here uh, and kind of like mixed results. Finished top 10, uh, and then he finished 28th in the other one. So, I I mean, as long as he – I have no doubt that he will get you positive points. So I could totally see him finishing 14th. And we, we kind of talked about how the whole Stuart Haas team underachieved last week, but uh, maybe he's jumping these packages down back to the uh, – 750 horsepower that will things will kind of get better for them uh we'll see like i said custer did a 75 driver rating average for those two races which isn't bad we're not saying these guys had to finish some crazy top five top 10 things for you if they finish 15th they get plus 10 position differential kind of thing that's all you need to have some really good value especially if you stack up some of the higher guys so is there any guys that are really cheap that you're looking at that you feel like might be a very good value to throw in with those high guys so this is kind of this is kind of weird like a lot of the a lot of the guys that I would normally look towards, like Busher, I did. I don't like Busher this week. Um, I, I can pull it up real quick, but like I like I said before, I'm I'm officially off the LaJoy train. Um, it feels good to finally like just get out of that. I felt like I was in a bit of a rut. So one guy, you kind of bubble us. I did some searching here while we just were sitting here. He he finished at top twenty in both of the uh, Phoenix races last year. He did have a top 10 in 2018 as well, and I feel like the Gibbs cars are always really strong at these these short tracks or these flat tracks, whatever, that maybe he's getting some of the, the, the 20th and the 43. Maybe you give him a Gibbs car, he can finish 13th, 14th. That could be a sneaky play at 6,500 starting 25th for Bubba. Yeah, or he could have the hood up 100 laps in. These are the risks you gotta take with these that guys. They're, they're they're cheap. Uh, only guy that I was really looking at was you said Custer. Yeah, I guess did that was another guy because he's still seventy seven's not bad. I mean, you could say Chastain at five thousand, yeah. but the only other really wild card I'll throw out there is going to be for me is Christopher Bell because he's eighty five hundred starting fourth. But it's so tough. But because like, it. I had him again in my sleepers too, where I think he's undervalued right now. If Chris Rebellion finishes like seventh, you're getting a sneaky, sneaky play for a guy that's 8,500. Usually you got to pay 12 or 11 for that kind of thing. So, yeah. so yeah, might throw him in your like, you're toss, you're, you're 
wild card lineup or yeah. something like that. Just throw mix, throw them mix, in one. Yeah. sprinkle them in a couple of them. Like sprinkle again, in, we'll yeah. uh, get our. I have not done any of mine yet. We'll do the. I haven't really done the set full optimizer for the. Uh, I haven't done the full projections yet, but without doing laps led in this, the optimizer is going to say. Logano, Bowman, Kyle Busch, El Marola, Cole Custer, forty-eight thousand. So you're two thousand under. I just the, the Bowman thing sketches me out because there's no yeah. like there's no data it's going off of. That's the only well you the you only could, disclaimer on it. You could sub Bowman out though if you don't want him for Truex or Blaney or Byron. Those are the three high or Kurt. Any of those four guys you could realistically sub out still be under the the cap. I'm just saying this is not this is not the full on projections yet, but in a very a rough draft, a the, very yep. yeah raw projections I have here. No lap letter projecting here at all yet. That's like the base lineup that says that that'd be way to go. Well, I mean, I can't wait to see what the uh, the official optimizer lineup is for this week. Are we we got to hammer it. Are we going off my own projections? Or I want to do this. We can. We'll have to figure. We'll have to okay. figure out a formula here. It's. I'm excited for it though. We'll have so. to. We'll have to do like yours, somebody else's, and then like average those or something. That's I don't know. Fair. We can figure it out. Cause I also compare my own off of the uh, fantasy racing online shout out. Yep. Shout Follow out. Follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But they, they he posts his stuff every week. Uh, his his projections. I, I like to use those as a reference. He runs a lot of simulations, or mine is just just from the holster, just uh just throwing out a quick gut, little gut, gut picks. Yeah, yeah gut, gut picks. Gut Fanduel. Yep. So. <laughs> Uh, outside of that, like I said, we've actually been fairly decent at FanDuel this year. DraftKings, is, uh, I haven't really done as much. I, I, don't, I just don't like the way the lineups look right now. There's going to be one week where I'm going to tell you, hey, I have insert amount of money in FanDuel or DraftKings, like hammer DraftKings, but I have not liked the lineup constructions yet, so I haven't really hammered them where the FanDuel, I've, been, I've liked them. Yeah, I don't really touch FanDuel. The whole, it's just so much different. I'm so, like, I'm just a sucker for the five main lineup, I guess. Mm-hmm. A handful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the six like the six man lineup, it just I look at it and it looks it's just a foreign language to me. I don't know what it is. I just I I've tried it and it's just not my thing. I'm just a FanDuel guy. I don't know what to say. Please sponsor us. Nothing wrong with that. No. Anything else you got? No, I think I think that about covers it. All right. Thanks for listening. Boom. Oh
may take away my sorrow Maybe it's inside the bottle Maybe it's inside the bottle I had some good old buddies Names is whiskey and wine 